0: Just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey guys, this episode features me and Princess talking about Valerie's 16 and Pregnant episode, except uh, we really just talk for three hours about foster care, adoption, drug addiction. Uh, We talk about the episode, but we really don't do a recap we mostly just talk about the issues surrounding the episode. I think it's very interesting, but just a fair warning and a heads up. Also, basically just a trigger warning for talk of abuse and death and lots of sad subjects. Hi guys, welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. We are still in a teen mom hiatus, so we will be doing another 16 and Pregnant episode this week. I've asked my favorite, your favorite, everyone's favorite, Princess Jones Curtis, to come on and talk about an episode that I think we've been like, we've talked about doing for over a year at this point. Like, it's all, it's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: It's been on my to do list to do with Princess specifically. And it is Valerie's episode from uh, 16 Pregnant season two. I think it's episode three. Yeah. So, welcome hi guys, I'm here. Uh, I'm here on the podcast. <laughs> this is definitely a heavy, heavy episode. Valerie is the only 16 and pregnant mom to have passed away since her episode, which is actually not crazy, but considering like the lives a lot of these girls live, it's kind and the opiate epidemic and like the fentanyl mm-hmm. epidemic it's actually kind of surprising there haven't been more deaths um sure. just because like as somebody that's in a recovered addict like i hear about people dying like every single day and as we're recording this uh we're recording this on friday mac miller died today it's definitely like people are dying so this is a sad episode but i think an mm-hmm. important one because it was it was pretty raw, but at the same time, for me, my frustration with this episode is one that I feel frustrated with in general about 16 and pregnant. I just, I think just today was able to put this into words. And it's mm. that I never feel like we're getting like a true, real story about these girls' lives. And in Valerie's, like they allude to stuff and like they, they like, talk out of the corner of their mouths about certain things. And I'm like, give us the real story about what's really happening here. I'm sure if I went back and watched Amber's, it would be the same. Any of these girls that I know are struggling with addiction, and we get these, like, throwaway lines about how, like, I wasn't doing so great. And it's like, okay, well, I don't know. It's it's so obvious that MTV doesn't want to include stuff that's too, too bad. Because I think the goal of MTV and 16 Pregnant is that these girls are relatable. And so, like, they will yeah. show, like, a badness, but they don't want them to be too bad because they don't want you to watch an episode of Sixteen Pregnant and be like, well, she's a fucking... I mean, this is a word I wouldn't use, but they'd be like, well, she's just a dumb junkie who got pregnant. Like, who cares about mm-hmm. her? And I think uh, the producers are, like, very, very conscious to make these girls seem like they're not bad, uh, usually, they like a narrative of they're very good, but if they can't, if they, you know, if they're not a straight A student and can't brag about that, I feel like they just always present this like very muted version of what's happening. Yeah, um, I
1: also feel like well, I know this is true that what happens is they, they apply, someone calls them, gets more information, then someone comes down and interviews them in person. Um, once they decide to to record, and that person, I guess the producer, um, has to come up with a story for them. A mm-hmm. package for them. And certain things like I remember you guys talking about the other sixteen pregnant, certain things like the dudes got another girl pregnant yes. and certain things don't fit into the story you've created together. And even if you thought you could include them, you don't have footage of it. It just doesn't make sense in the way you're telling the story. Yeah. Like unless I'm sure that and the other actor, I'm sorry I forget her name. But the Maddie. the and the other, Maddie, so if you were, if, I'm sure someone said, someone's someone going to have the girl's house and think she'll film, and if her parents are like, fuck no, mm-hmm. like, so there's no way to move her into this story in a in a concise way, and keep in mind, what are the show the shows are like 42 minutes or something yeah. like that, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm sure someone came down and was like, okay, we're gonna make, tell the story about this adopted girl who was having a little trouble, and we can't show up too much now, and this is, the, this is the story we're going to tell you, and all that other stuff. Because I know exactly what you mean. There's a couple of places we, when we get there, and we'll talk about it, mm-hmm. that people were using, like, coded language. And I was yes. like, are are you trying to say this?
0: Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yeah. especially so. around her baby's dad. They kept, like, yeah! I felt like they very much... He okay, and I know for I know this. He ended up being in and out of rehab as well, mm-hmm. and they kept they. It was obvious that okay, so I'm so I'm trying to figure out exactly how I want to say this first on reality TV show. There are people called story editors, and they're essentially yeah. writers, and mm-hmm. it's obvious that the story editors wanted this episode to be about a girl whose boyfriend just wouldn't commit to her, and that was the problem. And I think mm-hmm. that's a very uh, regular and common theme in 16 and Pregnant because it's, thing, it's something that teen girls fucking relate to. And every teen girl yeah. from any fucking family, any socioeconomic background, can be like, wow, I know what it feels like for my boyfriend not to love me when I love him. Now, mm-hmm. do they really, can they really, like, Relate to the fact that when she's saying, "Well, I don't want him in his life because in the baby's life because he won't be a good parent," and then they say, "Because he won't love me," but what they're really saying is because he's a drug addict. Like it's very clear to me that that's what they were talking about, but I think they didn't want to go with that for the storyline because then I think that would open too many questions about Valerie. And I also think that especially. When 16 and Pregnant season two was shot, I don't think they had even done Teen Mom yet. So no, there was no. I don't think they had either. I th- Yeah, because it's possible they had started filming Teen Mom, but it, I don't think it had even been on air when they were filming 16 and Pregnant. So they were really just filming this as like a one off story with no, like, well, let's build these characters because it's possible we're going to get this girl on our off, like, on our spinoff. Mm
1: hmm.
0: So yeah. yeah, and I
1: also like when she's talking when his he and his friends are talking and they're talking about the paternity test.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It felt like it was coded language about that Valerie was like known a certain way around yes. town. I felt like they were calling her a slut. Oh, and or maybe yes. they even did call her a slut, and then they they didn't air that part. Like they, I'm sure there's lots of things that were happening, I, and they didn't show.
0: I actually a hundred percent agree with that because I I, I went back. Like I rewound to hear what the friend said because he says something about like, well, you wouldn't want the baby to come out and look. And I, because I was, you know, I'm like typing while I'm watching. So I thought he mm-hmm. was saying like, well, what if the baby comes out like black, like blacker yeah. than like. So I rewound it, and then I realized like it it doesn't sound like the guy finished his sentence what he was uh-huh. saying and it, I don't know if there was like a jump cut or the guy like kind of caught himself in what he was saying and remembered he was like on camera but I was like did he just say something about what the baby's gonna look like and it was definitely implied like Valerie was sleeping around
1: like it, and keep in mind she's only 15 so the thing starts off with I'm 15 yes which Valerie is, is young um,
0: <laughs> she yeah, even... she's young for this show especially this is this, this show this episode starts this summer before her sophomore year. Yeah. I just want that to say, the summer before her sophomore year of high school, that's like not even, that's so young.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And her little cartoon where it's like, you know, I used to be out all night or all morning and like that sort of stuff. I'm like, I think that if we had let those boys go on, they would certainly have called her a lot of names. Yes. Apparently, the impression is that Valerie has been sleeping around for a long time, and so other times in the story, they talk. Uh, she talks about how Matt was more experienced and mm-hmm. this is the first boy she ever loved and stuff. But my impression is that there are other stories, sort of like Janelle. Janelle, there are yes. other stories you're not telling us. Yeah, sort of like Mackenzie McKee. You're not telling us about the other pregnancy. Yes. I would not be surprised if Valerie hadn't had more than one pregnancy scare before this. I wouldn't be surprised at all.
0: I completely agree.
1: Completely. it just seems like she was kind of running wild.
0: So. Yeah, so Valerie is 15 years old and she's from what she calls the farm count country which is near Oxford, Pennsylvania which is actually mm-hmm. about 35 minutes from where I'm sitting right now. It's in the same county as where I am. Uh, we're both from Chester County, Pennsylvania. She lives out in like like, it's farm country. Like, she's not exaggerating when she says it's the farm country. Like, it's the farm country. But Oxford's actually pretty diverse. Uh, it's home to Lincoln University, which is the first ever historically black college in the United States. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's... But it's small. Like, it's, it's definitely a small town. Um, I would think that Valerie was definitely known as being part of, like, that family i would guess you know that had the white parents with a bunch of black kids
2: uh
0: i think that yeah she she is from very close to me and it's not like i mean she lives 15 minutes away from like a regular schmegular town where they're you know like where there's just regular neighborhoods like where i live just the regular suburbs but she she's out in the boonies
1: Yeah, but she's 15. She can't drive, so. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, she is in, she's definitely in, like, a a small town. And we learn that she has 11 siblings, nine Mm -hmm. in total are adopted, and she has white parents, and she's black, and they, she says that they've had 98 foster children. Her parents also look to be about, probably between 65 and 70, they are <laughs> No. Yes, they do look that way, but I guarantee you they were probably. I don't 58? think they're
1: 65 to 78. I think they're like early 60s. Okay. And the reason I say that is because. Like Barbara's they, age. They just, Yeah, they look like about. They look like they hang out with Babs, but Babs is not like in her 70s, a, is
0: she? No, she. But she's like 65. She's old. But
1: she looks. Yeah. She, she looks like a. I think Molly talked about this on one of her podcasts. She said she looked like a brown paper bag, like she did crumpled them. <laughs> and and Valerie's parents was the same. They looked like they had a rough life.
0: Yeah. So. so that's a lot of foster children. So I, let's start there. Uh, the main reason I wanted to bring you on is because, you, as you've talked about, you are an adoptive mom and you are a foster parent. And 98 seems like a lot. But, I'm. I mean, I guess <laughs> if they count... Every kid that came... I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they were, um, like, an emergency placement home. Sure. And they got mm-hmm. a lot of kids that were there for under a week. Why they just, like, looked yeah. for more permanent residence? Like, I wonder if they were... They had an agency that they were, like, the go-to family for emergency... Pla- short-term emergency placements.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We know that they... Like, the moms are like, always at home... And she can probably take. They have enough room to take just about anybody, mm-hmm. at least short term. I'm sure she did respite care. Respite is when you. Okay. It depends on the law where you live, but respite is is more than babysitting, less than a placement. Okay. So, like if so, like and these and they have legal definitions because when you have kids in foster care, your babysitters have to be. Have to have a certain amount of background checks, a certain amount of training, but a respite person has to have a certain amount of stuff. So, like, if a family needed to go out of town and they had foster kids, they either didn't want to or couldn't take because, again, foster kids you have to get permission to leave like the county with them. Like where I live, you're not allowed to go any further south because there's a lot of child sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. The closer you get to the border, so like they've had kids kidnapped Mm while on vacation down there. And so, like, if I were to go on vacation, I had a foster kid here, they would be like, okay, so we need to set up respite for you because you can't take that one. I'm not even going to ask the court because they're not going to let you. So, respite, I'm, like, if I'm doing respite for someone, I might have the kid for, like, a weekend. Mm -hmm. That counts as, like, they they would probably count that in their number of 98 children.
0: That makes sense. I um, have a tiny bit of experience with teen foster children in Chester County, Mm -hmm. in the county that Valerie uh was adopted and lived in and she when i worked as a victim's advocate i worked with this 15 year old girl i won't give the whole backstory but she uh, had been removed from her home because of abuse and had it was awful she had a lot of trouble with getting a placement she had a lot of anger issues she had a perfectly fine home that she wasn't allowed to go to because you know the state wouldn't let her go there and her mom wouldn't uh, like, do the right thing regarding the stepfather that was living there. And mm-hmm. uh, so she had just justifiably a lot of anger issues. She was pulled out of her school. It, w- it was a mess. And the, she had a lot of, like, respite care placements where she, the foster mom would go out of town or whatever, and she would have to go stay at, like, with the respite care. And in Chester County, and I don't know if it's, like, this statewide. I don't know if this, like, this uh, – not worldwide nationwide but in chester county if you don't have a foster home to go to and you are you know a teenager you go to the lockdown youth center the same yeah. like residential youth center that you go to like like the juvenile detention hall for non-violent uh-huh. offenders like it is a lockdown facility and it's not it's not pretty. It's not a nice place to be. It's very, very sad. And she would constantly have to go there because she would get kicked out of the fo- like the foster home would be like she can't be here. She's violent, like yeah. not like that, but like would fight with another foster kid. You know, just like normal angry right. teenage stuff. And yeah, and people decide they can't take you in their home.
1: Like, like everybody has their limits. So like, yes. if their home is like pretty balanced with whatever kids they have there, and then you're there, but. When you're there, you're fighting constantly, you're, or you, you you're hurt weed, one of the other You're smoking weed, you're running away. You're smoking weed. Yeah. yeah, they have a six-year-old, and you're smoking weed in the room with it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. They, it's not uncommon for them to be like, okay, well, call your social worker and be like, all right, well, I'm sorry, I, I can't have this person here anymore. So, and they'll, they'll, they'll negotiate. They'll be like, okay, we'll can you keep you for another week so I can figure out where they can go. Yeah, a I mean, lot of being a social worker for, these type of, for teenage
0: kids in foster care mm-hmm. is figuring out where they can go right now. Yeah, this was like this is off topic, but it was just so sad and like there was almost something sadder about this case. That, not that I have a lot of ex- experience in this system, but there was almost mm-hmm. something sadder about this case than a kid that had been in the system her whole life cuz she lived in like a stable home, you know, like sure. like she li- she had her own bedroom, she had her own like she went to the same schools her whole life. Like she had mm-hmm. a normal suburban white teenage girl life, and then she's like ripped out of it at fifteen. Further, rightfully so. Like it was not an yeah. unjustified. She needed to be taken out of the home, a hundred percent. But it was so heartbreaking because like this, is, she was not used to the system.
1: You know, like she didn't and think about it her mom could have kept her yes. where she was that she was willing to get rid of her stepfather um and she was that happens all the time too people lose their kids because they're with someone who's either abusive a drug addict or whatever I mean, it's and the gonna state happen
0: says,
1: hey, now probably yeah the state says hey you can't you can't have your kids here with them and a lot of times people choose men over yeah. For a lot of reasons, okay? Yeah, well, um, this mom you know. had
0: left, it like, they left, and they were staying in a hotel, and then, mm-hmm. like, the, it was just too much for the mom, and I'm not, like, absolved, like, the mom was guilty of doing the wrong thing. Like, I will not defend sure. the mom, but, like, I know she had tried for a little bit, and it, yeah, it was just so heartbreaking, because this girl, it wasn't like a kid that, you know what I mean, like, was like, okay, well, here we go again. This was, like, so yeah. out of her world.
1: Sure, sure. And kids that age it's, its very hard to. I mean, so when I was watching the show, I was some of the stuff that was happening. I know it's just super hard to have a teenage foster um, mm-hmm. child because they absolutely know their parents. They absolutely know what's going on. They're usually in contact with their parents. They're going to sneak and be in contact with their parents. They'll run away to their parents, yeah. even if their parents have hurt them incredibly. Even if their parents are, even if they're terrified of their parents. They just want things to be normal.
2: Yeah. And
1: so it's super hard about to do to... So I can totally see, like, that happening with the the little girl you were talking about and her not being angry at her mom, maybe being angry, but most of her anger being towards the people who removed her.
2: Yes. And
1: saying, if you would just leave us alone, everything would be fine. And not saying, okay, well, this person, stepfather or whatever, doing these things and my mom has chosen for whatever reason to protect him instead of protect me
0: well and angered herself too because I think she had been the one who told you know like yeah. and yeah. and the, she thought she just she thought, thought, he thought he would go away would show up. Yeah. yeah
1: she thought he would show up and then he would be gone and everything would be fine Yeah. But what happened is she had to leave and her mom continued to protect us, Kale went through that Kale yes. went through that with her mom where her mom was like I have to like
0: sort of protect my situation here my yes. my setup yeah. here Her situ- her situation is a really good way to describe it yeah
1: also so that's what can, this is a little bit off topic but that's what came to mind when you were talking about how Kale was like, kept talking about um Brianna, well maybe I don't have a mom, blah 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 my mom's not this and that, and I'm like Kale we watched on TV as your mom said, yeah I'll help you, just not Tuesday Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday or Sunday or yeah. Monday, <laughs> like and we all watched your face. And that was, like... It was hilarious, but also, like, fucked up. Like, yeah. whose mom talks to them that way? I'll, I'll definitely
2: amazing. help you. Just
0: not any day of the week that ends with why oh,
2: <laughs> like, She's so she's, awful.
0: So yeah, she's fucking awful. Valerie, se- there seems to be at least four... Three other kids in the house at this time, at least. Yep. Yep. Um, and she says it's just like it's so sad she says it's really hard for her to get attention so she I mean I would imagine MTV wrote this line for her but it's just so heartbreaking to hear a 15 year old say it that she it's hard for her to get attention so she does stuff for negative attention
1: no I know they wrote that for her I know someone interviewed her and said so You've had a little trouble? And she's like, Yeah, you know. And they're like, Well, why do you think that is? Because, you know, they have to write the script based on what she's yes. saying. So, and she's like, I don't know. Do you think it's because, you know, there are a lot of kids here? What do you think about that? Is it hard to get into? Like, that's how it's. And I'm, and I'm basically doing an impression of that fucking Dr. Drew and a big man, but that <laughs> where I'm basically leading them down something and then saying, Yeah, man that's terrible that's what i think happened yeah although i'm not saying it's not true it's definitely It's true. not as it's not as pat like clean as that it's not it's that's not every that's not the real no let me get to that i'm not saying it's not the real reason it's just not the only reason
0: i think valerie was adopted when she was a baby was that true yeah so i looked into it a little bit and it seems like valerie was adopted when she was a toddler Um, and didn't meet her mom until, like, her birth mom is, like, an aware human until after the show was on. So I think she had been with this foster family, this adoptive family. I think she went, like, from, I'm assuming she was adopted out of foster care and that they had had her since she was a small child. Yeah. Also, I read that her foster mom, her
1: adoptive mom said, that she did not know Valerie applied and she didn't ask permission until she'd already been chosen. And I can guarantee you that they had no foster children in home while they were filming because yeah. that would never fucking go down. No, You would lose your license so motherfucking quick. And I also think that they might have more children than like the two or three we saw, but I can also see them being like, Who wants to be on camera or like, oh, you can use this. This one will do this, but don't film in here. I can see there being like some sort of conversation about that with producers before they started filming.
0: True. And they also, the kids seemed a little older. And I wonder if they were maybe like phasing out foster care at this point in their lives. Uh Sure. Um, Sure, they're older. Yeah, and they weren't taking kids in. So I guess my question for you is when I hear someone has adopted nine children, I'm going to be honest that my heart doesn't sing for the selflessness of the parents. (laughs) I'm like, who, who, what? Like, and it it is hard because the reality is, it's like, you look at Valerie and like her mom was a crack addict. And like, it's wonderful that she was adopted. But is it fair that families are adopting nine children and they didn't look to have a very big house? They weren't. You know, this isn't like they were well, living in a mansion. I mean, I'm assuming their bio kids children? are older. Yeah. I mean, this could have been over the course of 30 years. And wh- how old were the children adopted? Because if you've That's got true. three
1: siblings and they're 16, 15, and, and 13,
0: and yeah. you adopt, you
1: go ahead and adopt them, they allow you to adopt them because at that age they have to sign off on it. Um, they allow you to adopt them. But you really only have those kids in your house for maybe five or six years. I mean, technically you need to parent for the rest of their lives, yeah. but your day to day parenting is not. That's like true. so think about that. Also think about the fact that since we're saying I would say as, as they're probably in their sixties. Mm-hmm. Um they probably had kids there were in their forties. So imagine that like they adopted some kids when their kids were young. They adopted three, you know, five years later and they were older kids and then it, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's that's quite true. possible there were There are never 11 children living in that home at any time. Especially,
0: I mean, if they're, let's say they're 63 and they started having kids Mm -hmm. when they were 21, you know, like they could really, they could have grandchildren, biological grandchildren at this point. So yeah, that's true. And
1: and Valerie had her own room. Yeah. A big room. It
0: was big too.
1: It was huge. It was, I mean, they lived in a farm. Like It it was probably like a a conservative
0: great room, you know, like. Sure.
1: Yeah. She had her own room. So. To answer your question, I want people to know that anyone who fosters or adopts always ha- gets get something from it. Any type of charity work, anything you give, yeah. you get something from it. Even if it's just a good feeling. Yeah, or you, you get something it. from it. Yeah. That's and so nature. that's one of my problems. I have a really hard time with people lavishing praise on me <sighs> and it's very hard for me because I have, like, I like the kids that come in my house. I get fun kids all the time. I don't know if that's because I'm fun or because I just get the luck of the draw, but I get very funny children. I get kids that I like to play with. I have a lot of fun just, like, lying on the floor watching YouTube videos and they're dancing and I'm playing with the like,
0: well, I And it's a judgment when they, ju- like, it's a judgment of the children yeah. when they compliment you even if they don't like yeah. really intend it to be that way. But it's like Absolutely. that it's the same. It's the same. I think we've talked about this on this podcast. It's the same when people talk about me being sober and they're like, "Yeah, Oh my God, I can't really. Oh my. And they like get this look on their face. So they're like, that's incredible. And it's like, and, it's like, it's hard to take that compliment. Cause yeah, you know, cause it's, kind it's of an not insult, as simple too. as, well, it's not as
1: simple as you're a saint who just one day was like, you know what? No more drugs. And, and it's, it's complicated. I get a lot from my kids. People they pay me to take care of my kids, um, and so I, I mean, don't don't get excited, guys. I'm not getting rich over here, but I am. Ta- I have a great social worker. Uh, I mean, I get a great caseworker who takes care of me mm-hmm. and make sure I get like, and make sure when it's like, you know. Christmas that my kids get toys and that I'm invited to things and if they're giving away backpacks, she's putting stuff aside for me and helping me. Like I this doesn't just happen. I'm not like some amazing person who's just given up all her entire life. So it's really hard to take those compliments. And the people who bask in that type of stuff are not good people. I'm I'm yeah. gonna be honest. The people who like when you when you walk up to them they're like and you're just like, Oh, thank God you took in these terrible children They and they're like, Yeah, thank God. Those yeah. are not good people <laughs> So... So that, to keep that in mind, too. Also, everyone who does, most of the people, especially here, I live in Texas. I live in Central Texas and Austin. Most of the people who do this type of thing are very religious. They yes. believe it's a calling. They believe they're doing the Lord's work. And I, I think you know, her parents look to be those type of people. Yes,
0: they, they absolutely
1: are. They, they absolutely, and that's hard for me because I would not consider myself religious at all. I don't go to church. I and i just it's not how i think about stuff so when i'm going mm-hmm. to like meetings and stuff like like support meetings and they'll be like just trust in jesus and i'm like no seriously though what am i supposed to do
0: <laughs> like that how... so <laughs> did you read the book jesus land no what is that it's about it's a, it's a very good book it's a memoir about a woman whose family in indiana in the 70s adopted two black children and mm-hmm. it They were very religious, and the parents abused the shit out of the adopted (gasps) children. And the reason they adopted them is because they had been in the process of adopting a white baby. Well, this is what the author, like, surmises. Um, But they'd been in the process of adopting a white baby, and it had fallen through. And the hospital or the caseworkers or whoever had been like, well, we have this, like, set of siblings. And they felt like, well jesus says like we need to adopt and like so we can't say no to this these black children Uh. even though like we don't want black children um because it's like our calling to adopt and it's it's a beautiful memoir i haven't read it in years but i i read it like three times back in the day i really really enjoyed it it i mean it's there's a, it's a heavy memoir. There's a lot of abuse and sexual assault, but it's it's very 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 good, and it really talks about like the religious aspect of these white people, like adopting black people, and I think it has a overall not lesson, mm. but kind of story. Three ninety nine on Amazon. Yeah, you, I highly suggest it. It has like a very good. Um, I think the author is a very good... The author is white, obviously, because it was her biological parents. And I think the author has a very good understanding of white religious folks who adopt black children. And Mm -hmm. obviously not all families who do this, but it's not like I'm... Yeah. Breaking news, transracial adoptions have issues. Like <laughs> welcome to nineteen ninety two. Do you wanna read my study? Like but I, I I think the author has a very good understanding of it and a good way to like explain what it looked like for her family that I think probably applies to a lot of uh yeah. white Christian adoption adopters.
1: Yeah. And the other, that, so that's the other thing about all adoption is that a lot of people think that they are doing, like, a favor to the children, mm-hmm. but keep in mind that people, uh, plenty of people adopt that can't have children, or this would be the only way to get children for them, especially from foster care, because mm. foster care, I'm going to tell you, is damn near free to adopt children. Like, they pay you, and yeah. then, and they pay for your adoption. Like, I didn't pay a cent for my lawyer. Yeah. I. I I they gave me some names and I made some phone calls and they took care of it. I didn't pay a cent for that stuff. If I had wanted to adopt a white baby, newborn baby privately, I could easily have paid thirty or sixty thousand dollars. No, no, that would have been like Achiever. no problem. Yeah, yeah, racking that up. So, so while I do not adopting eleven kids is a lot, but we don't know when they did. That's true. And then some people. But having eleven kids is a fucking lot. Just have, just being yeah. pregnant, having eleven kids is a fucking lot. So it just really depends on. I'd like to know more. But the other thing we need to, the one thing that like really stood out to me with these parents is that so they're talking about how Valerie got pregnant and, he, and her Dad said she's pro-choice and she's like, you mean pro pro-life? And oh, like, I yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Like,
1: but you know, that's the exact opposite of how I feel. Like. I would, I would, I want abortions to be covered on the healthcare. Like I just think that I this want is the way, government
0: to pay for them. Actually,
1: yeah, I just think that's. I mean, it's cheaper than the yeah. of, than the other ways you have to pay for unwanted children. Yeah, and but I like someone who walks their talk who says I am pro life and so I take in children and so yeah. that other people can't or won't take care of. And lots of people are pro life and they don't want shit to do with these babies that are born and they don't want to help support them and they don't and they're they're a nuisance to them but they I mean want that, to they want to prevent people to from getting
0: abortion. Part of the reason that Valerie had this baby, right? Because she knew her parents were like never gonna let this baby be without a home.
1: i uh, no. I think part of the reason she well, part, but I also think that adopted kids really want to oh, have biological children. And it's and actually, I, think I mean, that... we
0: see that multiple times in 16 and Pregnant. Like it, yes, there are on multiple episodes. episodes. That... Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because they want to have the biological connection. connection. And Valerie even says it. She says, um, ugh, I have it in my notes. But she says like she never knew what it felt like to have a connection with her mom. And she wants to feel that with her baby. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, that's not, it's not going to fix you. It's just not, well, it's not going to fix that like hole in your heart from not having that connection with your bio mom. Absolutely. And think about this. So
1: she's only, she probably does not remember her biological mom in any way, shape or form because no. she was adopted as a toddler. And she, even if she had business up to the time her rights were severed and was adopted right after she, she probably does not remember her biological mom. Yeah. So all she knows is the relationship with her adoptive mom. And I'm sure that the things that, so you and I were both, I mean, you were a bad teenager, but I was an annoying one. And I had a hard time with my mom because we were the mm-hmm. only women in the house and we clashed all the time. Her being my biological mom, didn't, I felt like she didn't understand me. But if, yeah. she had been, if I had been adopted, I'd also be like, well, she's not my real mom. So that's why. That's yes. why she doesn't understand this. And I'm sure Valerie I'm would sure. tell herself that. So she like, you're not listening. Because if we were rela- actually related, you would understand why I have to go outside at 3 a.m. and do heroin. You would understand. Like, she... But she yeah. doesn't have anything else to, to compare it to. So, I think that's part of it. I also think Valerie just thought she wasn't going to get pregnant with a lot of people. You know, she was just like, oh, you know. yeah. I actually have a friend whose mother got pregnant the first time she had sex and then had to marry a guy and was married to him for, like was married to him for 35 years and then found out like that for the last 10 years he'd been cheating on her with various prostitutes and people in prison <laughs> and i was like fuck <laughs> that's the girl that could have used an abortion <laughs> that's, oh, that's awful Huh.
0: <sighs> oh, so valerie has a boyfriend named matt who is an indiscriminate amount of years older than her. We don't get an age, which I notice MTV usually mm-hmm. does not give an age if the boyfriend is not uh is not under in the age of eighteen. Yeah, is not a high schooler. Yep. They usually if he's and... in high school we get a we would get a Mac goes to a different school than me, but we still like, see each other on the weekends or mm-hmm. we always get like a how they know each other and we've I mean Didn't throughout the episode we hear things like Valerie would be out all night with Matt and then he would go to work. And so she just wouldn't go to yeah. school. Uh, no, he wouldn't
1: go to work. She, she Oh was yeah, saying, yeah. If yeah. he
0: didn't go to work, I just wouldn't go to school. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so Matt I was like, how is, old is he? Matt is, we don't know how year, many years old, but I would guess between 18 and 22 somewhere, probably 19, and sure. 22, actually, uh, yeah. he's older. Okay. okay, okay. He's definitely older, and Valerie describes him as rough around the edges. And you know what I will say about Matt is that, at least from what we saw, Matt was probably one of, like, the lesser abusive boyfriends on this show. He just didn't want to be with Valerie. And he was, like, And he was rude
2: about it. He was rude, but he was, like—
0: he was like, just stop calling me. Like, I just, I don't want to be like, I will say he was, he was quite honest. up front. He was quite upfront, and yeah. he wasn't coming around and sleeping. He wasn't like Adam where like one day he'd yeah. come over and have sex with her. And then the next day be like, you should kill yourself. Like he, yeah. he wasn't yeah. like that. He was just like, I don't really want to talk to you anymore. Like, can you stop calling me? <laughs> which yeah, was which mean. Makes me
1: believe they were not dating. I think that she just hung out and they fucked a bunch. Yeah, because, I think that's like, what happened.
0: I think Valerie was a fifteen-year-old girl with a lot of issues, and they uh-huh. met, at partying probably, and sure. they would just—he just saw Valerie's like some girl he hooked up with, and then it became too much drama, and he's like, "I can hook up with any other girl. Exactly. Like, I, I don't need this if I just want to get laid."
1: Hmm. And also, but. So I like that about Matt. But the thing I didn't like was the
0: beatboxing. Like, oh, I was the rapping. Over it. I didn't like a lot of things about Matt.
1: <laughs> it reminds me of that commercial where people were trying to do a test drive, and there's a white guy rapping about the car in there, and people are super impressed. But I'm just like, why? Why can't I just decide if I want to buy this car and peace? Why are you doing this? That's what I would never make it on camera because I'd be like, can you stop? <laughs> i <I'm> like... <laughs> trying to see how this baby goes what are you doing and i just i was like he just was so annoying with that shit and i was like what year what year did this come what year was this uh
0: 2009 i think or 2000 i think it's 2009 2009 or 2010
1: okay all right i'm just trying to see like i'm trying to think about who was like famous then and was like Well, like, what he was looking at on TV that told him he should beatbox all the time. I I just wanted to understand what was happening. And he lived in, like, so I guess he lived, so
0: he didn't live in that small town, huh? No, I, okay, so I'm guessing he lived in the greater Chester County area. Anywhere between, for my Chester County heads that are listening to this, I'm guessing he lived anywhere, a.k.a. my friend Katie Paisley from high school. Like, hi. (laughs) <laughs> Hi Katie Let's hang out soon I think you're back from the shore <laughs> um, I'm guessing he lived anywhere between this place called Coatesville which is where Valerie ended up passing away which is like 10 minutes right. from me to mm-hmm. like which is like a like a, an actual like town with not like a downtown area but it's it's a pretty populated town um, it has like high crime. Okay. It's not the best town. From anywhere from like Coatesville to where they are in Oxford, which is like a half hour, like into the boonies from Coatesville. Okay. So I'm guessing he lives. And there, he doesn't drive. He doesn't. He I doesn't don't, have a license. He doesn't seem to have a license or to drive. He so said I'm he guessing doesn't. he lives anywhere in between like those areas. Um, although I don't know because then he moved to Wilmington, which we'll talk about when we get there. But. If he's from Coatesville, I don't... So, I don't know. But he lives, I would guess, within, like, a 40-minute radius of her. But because she's out in the boonies, like, anything within a half hour is probably considered close to her. You know? Because she, yeah, like, and, lives far away.
1: Yeah. So, neither of them have licenses. Matt specifically said he'll have his license back or something like that. Oh. And he had a DUI. Also, and, like, it's totally... It's one thing to get someone to drop you ten minutes somewhere, but to be like, Can you give me forty minutes like it's this boy who doesn't like me? Yeah. Like it's a whole yeah. Thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. I don't have any gas money. <laughs> Valerie had a really good so when 16 and pregnant, it's always like, Ba ba ba, but I'm pregnant. And Valerie's <laughs> was really good. It said, Matt needing to take a break from us really sucks because I'm pregnant. <laughs>
1: And yeah, was like, it's a bad time. Because look at his big-ass belly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a really bad time. Yeah, bitch, time it's a bad my time. <laughs> drug addicted boyfriend doesn't want to be with me.
1: Yeah, and that's my favorite part of 16 and pregnant. I love it when they're like, hi, my name's Becky. This is my boyfriend. We only met two weeks ago. And we're in love. And we're going to be together forever. I'm going to grow up to be the president. And he's going to grow up to, to race NASCAR uh, cars. But we better get going. Because look, we're going to have baby. And at the beginning, they're so optimistic. I'm like, girl, you got a world of hurt coming your way.
0: (laughs) First of all, that guy's not
1: going to be around.
0: (laughs) Valerie says she knows that Matt won't walk away from her baby. And I was like... Okay, girl, but I am happy to report that apparently he's still Matt has his own issues, but he's in regular contact Mm -hmm. with the baby.
1: Yeah, apparently he's like every other weekend he comes and visits the kid and... Yeah,
0: aka, like, they let him come over for Sunday lunch, like, and see the baby.
1: Well, that's better than Devon was doing. (laughs) Oh,
0: oh, I'm not knocking that, and if he's like, I mean, I am knocking it a little, but I think that's better than, like, no, you know, if that's all that he can do... Like, that... Yes. I can understand that.
1: Even if he, like, brings her over to his mom's house in the night every, like, Saturday night and brings her back on Sunday morning for church, like, that's still better than Valerie was doing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so... So, Val goes on a walk with her friend Sienna, and they say that Valerie was a lot different two years ago, which is sad to hear because... She's 13. Yeah, and that makes sense to me. (laughs) Because she probably... (laughs) in seventh grade was still probably pretty happy-go-lucky. She was, like, okay with her life and, like, hadn't maybe thought that much about her adoption and her bio mom and, like, the chaos and dysfunction and then probably, you know. Puberty. Kind of, yeah, puberty hit. And she was like, nah, fuck this. She's in high
1: school now. She's worried about how she looks. And one of the things that struck me the first time I watched this when it was on its first run was I remember thinking? Valerie's very pretty, and she's in high school, and everyone wants to fuck her, and she is on top of the world, and she thinks this is how her life is going to go. Yeah. And what she doesn't realize is that I mean, she died at twenty three, but I didn't I didn't know that was going to happen. I'm not that gay, but I was thinking to myself, like at twenty two, she's going to be in a different place here because being pretty is always. A good thing don't get me wrong but then people add other things to it and in high school you guys are kind of all on the level playing field you kind of have to you, you eventually have to go home nobody mm-hmm. has a car yeah no one you don't you you may have some money from your family but no one's like has a career and you're, and you there's not that guilt about that sort of thing as you get older there are more things to compare yourself with and although she's very pretty high school pretty and she I just didn't I was like that's only you can't only get so far on that and it's just and she's also one of those people you know how like LA is filled with people who are really pretty in their hometown in like Iowa yes. and that's why everyone's super pretty in LA because even the ugliest people what happened they got there and they realized they they realized they were only on the the low side of pretty and they became like realtors. Mm-hmm. That's why everyone's like very good looking in those places. That's what I was thinking of her. I was like, she's the type of person people told her she should like model and she should go to like New York and she would get to New York and be like, oh fuck. (laughs)
2: Like
1: there are a lot of pretty people. So I remember thinking that she probably I, I bet she was pretty popular.
0: Yeah. For a lot of
1: reasons in high school.
0: I think that's probably a good assessment. Or if not like if her high school is anything like mine, she might not have been, like, the most popular, like, good girl, but she was, like, popular with the bad kids.
2: Sure.
0: You know what I mean? Like, sure. she was invited to every party, like, probably I would imagine most of her friends, especially the guys, were much older than her. I wouldn't be surprised if Valerie was that, like, 14-year-old who partied with, like, 19- and 20-year-olds, like, on the regular. Sure.
1: Also, she's black, but she's light and She's because bi- she's biracial. She has long black hair, longish black hair. And when you see her friend, I guess her friend, Sienna, I was like, oh, that was me in, like, high school who... I mean, there's nothing wrong with Sienna. Don't get me wrong, but she's obviously not pretty like Valerie. Yeah, she's, she's a got a lot of fucking questions. She glasses yeah, on. Like, she, glasses.
0: She, was, she was cute, she was, she was but, a high schooler.
1: You're like, oh, she's 15. Yeah. yeah, and no one's like... She's not, no one's chasing her like she's got beer-flavored nipples or whatever, yes. like they were probably chasing Valerie. And I remember thinking, oh, I see myself in her because I wasn't, like, the cute girl ever, but I was definitely, like, the one with a lot of questions, like, wait, but you're 15. <laughs> wait, is he gonna come to you? <laughs> like, that's what I, I, I would totally be in the corner, like, bringing the fucking room down. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> her friend is like so you didn't wear condoms and she's like no and had the weirdest explanation for why she said well it wasn't weird it was sad what she was trying to say was like i was too scared to ask him to put on a condom like that that's what she was saying because we don't teach like he might get mad yeah like i think that was clearly the case because she said something like well, like, you know, I wasn't that experienced and like I didn't really like know what to say and I he was really experienced, so I figured like if he needed a condom he'd put one on because if Valerie he one. Yeah, Valerie I mean I'm sure they had sex ed in school, but I don't first of all she was in ninth grade, so I don't even know like how yes. much sex ed she'd even had. I think she was pregnant or sex day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I she mean Yeah, yeah. And she you know, I'm sure there was no discussion in the home of, like, if you're going to have sex, like, you must wear a you yeah. need to stick up for yourself, like, you mm-hmm. have a voice, like, you need to use your voice, men are going to try and do, like, pressure you into doing things, like, not, yeah. I'm not saying, like, Matt pressured her into having sex, but I think it's very obvious that, like, when Matt said jump, Valerie said how high, um, right. and was, like, constantly yeah. scared of Matt not wanting to be her boyfriend and Matt not wanting to be with her and the last thing that she was going to do was say hey honey can you put on a condom because that might make him upset and then he won't want to have sex with her and if he doesn't have sex with her then he doesn't love her
1: he doesn't want to be around her that's why he's coming over to have sex with her I think that like one of the things I try with my kids is I try not to talk about sex as if it's some dirty thing you're never going to do I try to like even just when we talk about our bodies or when we talk about people asking them to do things, even if it's just something innocent, like playing or, or, um, you know, come over here and do this with me. I always tell them, like, you will have, you always have time to pause and go, wait a minute, let me think about this. You never have to do things like right this second, you can pause and decide what you want to do. Um, I think that, her like you said her parents were like super like you're never gonna have sex until you're married mm-hmm. you have to keep your flower pure <laughs> like some yeah. bullshit like that and if the if the choices are i'm never gonna have sex ever or um like if that's the only choice you give them then you all you force them to make a choice that you can't even help them with. you can't even say hey listen if you think you're you know, as things are getting, like, more serious and stuff, you know, I'll help you. I'll always listen to you. If you need, um, if you think you need, like, condoms and stuff, I I have them. We can talk about things. You can tell me how you feel. I'm not going to get mad at you. Like, if you talk to people like that, and you, not just talk to them, but, like, act out things like that, then they will trust you enough to say, hey, you know, we're hitting it, man. (laughs) We're getting there. So I don't, I just feel like, also, if you listen to the way Valerie talks to her parents, Valerie is very spoiled, okay? Which is not unusual. I think people think foster kids are super grateful, and they're just like, so happy you're feeding them, or thank you for adopting me, you made me. That's not how children talk to you, and why would they? They're not, like, indentured, they're not slaves. They're not like, you know what I'm saying? Kids don't
0: have gratitude. It's like, it's a learned trait that you learn as you get older. Like, they're... Sure. Kids don't have, like, the world perception to understand gratitude. I mean, you train them to say thank you, and they... I think they can genuinely feel moments of gratitude when they are rewarded in the instant. You know, Uh like, when they get something they really want. Like, a child, of course, can be like... Oh, my God, thank you. I wanted this so bad. But that's why, like, you work yeah. through all your Christmas presents and you love it and you're high on it. And then you're like, oh, that's it? Christmas is over? Yeah.
1: Like, kids... Two days later, you don't give a fuck
0: about those toys. <laughs> no. And cr- kids are just un... And it's not their fault. Like, they're just not... They don't have... When you're a child, how can you be grateful when you don't... The world is not big enough for a child... A child's world is not big enough for them to have true gratitude.
1: Right. They have no idea. And empathy is hard for them. Yeah, it's a learned Um, skill. You have to learn these things. And also, again, thinking about yourself as a teenager, thinking about me as a teenager, I even as not, like, I had no gratitude whatsoever. I just assumed that these things things were going to happen. And I I did say thank you. And I I mean, I do, I I have a good relationship. I love them.
0: You were well-mannered. And that's the difference. Children can be well-mannered, but it's very hard for children to have genuine gratitude. It just is. right?
1: Yeah. And also, so I think I talked to you about this before. Foster, people who are in foster care are or, or in those types of situations. Oh, yeah, we have talked about this. But especially about if they're in long-term care. Mm-hmm. Um, so people who do foster care and... There are terrible people who do who are mean and, like, lock people, lock people in cages and, like, you know, um, are yeah. doing it to get the money. But I'm going to tell you it's, like, not a lot of money and there are easier ways to get that money and then you don't have to take care of a kid. So, <laughs> you get a, the, a second job. <laughs> yeah. Like, you could, like, work at, <laughs> you could work at, like, Denny's for, like, a few nights a week and get the same amount of money in a month and not have to spend it on anybody. So I know that's an, like, uh, archetype but Mm -hmm. it's really not what most people who work in this industry are like. Most of them are like bleeding heart people. So if you've been in care or around people who are in care, like Valerie has people who are foster parents that do this thing all the time. What happens though, is that they try really hard for you. And the state also requires you to do certain things that are, that you wouldn't be required to do with a biological parent. Like, I'm required to offer children three meals a day and two snacks. I have to offer it to you and it needs to be this, it needs to be on par with what I'm eating. Like when I was growing up, my mom sometimes would eat food and like we would have leftovers, but she would have like something special and that would be t- totally okay. It would be okay for me to do. So and then also like I get free tickets to like um, water parks and I, I'm invited to all these parties and then the social workers do all these things and people donate stuff specifically like to my family. And they'll, mm-hmm. I'll get like a Walmart gift card for two hundred fifty dollars to just go buy them things, and all I need to do is provide a receipt and take a picture of the kids with it. Like people in the community do things like that. Yeah, so, like church
0: groups or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, not so like an Instagram Valerie, spawn con, but like no, on. no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not
1: doing spawn guy. but it's kind of like that. They just want to see that what you get with the with the money, yeah, and then like it's I mean, people show up with shit. People, so you people get want to feel
0: People want to you feel get good about spoiled,
1: and people feel good about it. And, and also, the other thing is, so like people, you, you know how when you adopt a dog, mm-hmm. this is—I'm not comparing children to dogs. You know, when you adopt a dog, you kind of go story around the dog. You're like, he was in that cage, and he who was rescued. So sad. Who? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, who rescued you? People make backstories for children, and some of them are bad backstories, but. They try to make it up with material things. They take them a ton of places. They always go out to eat. This is what I—I I know someone who. So you have to take them to see their parents if they're in foster care, and they still get visits. And a lot of times, parents don't show up because one, they can't pass the drug test, mm-hmm. or they're incredibly ashamed, or just all kinds of reasons. Or sometimes they just don't want to fucking see the kid. Yeah, that's true too. But a lot of tons of reasons. So you get there, you're waiting. The parents don't show up, and you have to tell the kid, or the social worker has to tell the kid. So then that person, my friend that I knew, would then take the kid to, like, main events or, like, game and busters.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Also, it's especially hard in, I would imagine, a foster care situation, because you're not necessarily deeply emotionally bonded with these children. So you don't have the ability to be like, let's just sit at home, and I'll hold you while you cry, like you might do Uh with the child that you've raised since they came out of your vagina or that you've had since you adopted them as a li- like you were in the hospital when they were born, you know, you're not right. bonded with them like that. So the only way to show like your affection and your love and to make up for it is through material stuff. And that's not even unique to foster right. parents. Like that's how my my parents fucking showed me stuff <laughs> like that. Bad, bad stuff would happen at my house And then I would come from home from school and there'd be, like, a new Lily Poulter dress laying on my bed. Like, (laughs) these things happen because that's just, like, because in my case, it wasn't that my parents, like, weren't emotionally bonded to me. It's that they were, like, too fucked up themselves. Like, I think my mom was just, like, too fucked up to be able to, like, give me that emotional, you know, like, that emotional healing. So... Mm -hmm. What she did, and I don't necessarily, it wasn't right, but I don't necessarily fault her for this because it's not like she just ignored me. Like, she knew, like, I was upset and something was wrong, and she would just, like, buy me stuff and be like, well. You're the quick thing. Yeah, and also, like, that's, I think, how her parents did it, and, well, and also, like, my mom's dad was, like, really strict and, like, she could only get two new things, outfits every year for school, so we would go, like, on crazy back to school shopping sprees because she wanted to give me what she didn't have and it's just for some people I think it's easier to just give me I think for everybody it's easier just to give material goods but I think in a lot of cases in foster care it's because you're not emotionally bonded with the child or if you're an alcoholic and you're just like physically unable to emotionally give what the child needs it's like you're trying to make up for their past
1: you're always trying
0: to make up for their past
1: or you're yeah. trying to, because also you often compete with biological parents, even if they're not there, because they have this idealized parent of their biological parents. Yeah. My youngest, he got in trouble at camp and I was driving him home and I let him know he was in trouble and what we were going to do about it. And he got really quiet. He's seven, he's six, he's seven now, but he's six at the time. He goes, okay. I think about my real mommy sometimes. Oh, <laughs> no, that's what so i say. Think so I, I think about my first mommy sometimes. Oh, and I just turned around because I think he thought he was going to hurt my feelings. Yeah. I said, good. Yeah, Think about her all the time. You got any questions? <laughs> so you can go on your own and think about her. And if you want to talk about her, let me know. I, and then he just looked at me and I said, oh, did you think you were going to hurt my feelings? I said, there is nothing that will keep me from taking care of you. You know why I have you, and it's because your um, your first mommy could not take care of you the way you need to be taken care of. And there's nothing you could say to me to keep me from taking care of you. There's nothing you could say to me to keep you from loving you. And part of taking care of you is when you do things that are not right, I'm going to teach you the right thing. And I said, do you have any other questions? He was like, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> but I really thought he thought I was going to bust out crying and be like, okay, you don't have to do it. Don't worry yeah. about it. Like, so think well, of all the emotions you had as a teenager or as Valerie age, couple that with you're trying to figure out who you are and you have this thing in your past that that's part of it and I'm sure that as she got older, if she got in trouble, she could easily say, "I miss my real parents. Mm-hmm. I know you don't understand me and and then her mom, I'm gonna be honest her I don't know if she's like a terrible person or anything, but on camera, she just seems like. She was at her within with Valerie, and she, like, Mm -hmm. really loved Valerie. And I could totally see her being like, let's go to the
0: mall. uh, (laughs) Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I think that we have come in, like, in the seventh inning of Valerie's story. yeah, And, like, in a way that is – we don't see in a lot of these other 16 and pregnant uh, episodes. Valerie had been expelled from school. They just don't see it. She goes – Well, I was skipping school a lot, so, like, you know, now I'm homeschooling. And then later, she's like, well, what if I, like, apply to go back to the school? And they say something about, well, we've been through the suspensions. And I'm like, Valerie was legit kicked out of school. Like, she was going to have to ask to be let back into the school. And it did not seem like it would just be an easy option to go back to school. And I feel like we are just missing so much. And they would just, like, constantly say these things, like, well, when I was out all night with Matt. And it's like, what? She's 15. <laughs> 15. Like, what do you mean yeah. she was out all night? Like, how yeah. was she out all night?
1: And you didn't call the police, or what,
0: how How was this a
1: regular thing? Also, Matt, was. she mentioned at some point times when Matt had spent the night. Yeah. And, stuff like that. and we talked about my mom having well. no sleepovers. Yeah, yeah, no keepovers. Nobody fucks in this house except for me and your daddy. When I let them join in, so,
0: <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, there's really, and I would say one thing that I found kind of striking was how calm her parents were with her, mm-hmm. like in okay. a way that didn't seem like they were just calm, cool, and collected. In a way that seemed like they were totally, and completely resigned and not actively giving Valerie boundaries and consequences.
1: Or in a way that you've already caught her doing heroin in the bathroom and is like the least this is the least worst thing that happened this year.
0: Uh yes, and I'm wondering <laughs> if her parents, also because they're religious, believe that this baby was a gift from God to save Matt Valerie and to sure. fix her. And, and
1: you, and you that know this that this is the she,
0: thing we need.
1: And you know when she died that they said the show was, like, the start of everything. That once she was on the show, she thought she was this, and and she just was uncontrollable after that. Totally, like, not acknowledging the fact that she, like, had, like, was already having, like, tons of trouble. And don't act like you were controlling her before that, because that's not true.
0: So, yeah, I just want to mention that Valerie and her dad, they're all outside talking and... You kind of touched on it earlier, but he said, You know, we found out you're pregnant. He said, We're pro. He said, Well, I'm pro choice. And they're like, No, you're pro life. And he said, Oh, yeah. Well, she had no choice from what I saw. <laughs> and I like physically, like my whole body, like cringed at that. That is, I just, that is the saddest fucking thing. A 15 year old who is already out of control gets pregnant and she has no choice. Okay. It's so sad. You know that's not true, right? Because she
1: got herself on TV without permission. She got oh, pregnant yeah. without permission. I mean, in she Pennsylvania, she was out you all night. Abortion.
0: She could get... If she, she could really... An abortion. If she
1: wanted but, one, she would have got one.
0: I agree. But it would just like to hear her dad say it like that. Like, that they're... Yeah. They don't... It's very rare that they just, like, say it like that. Like, they're just like, sure. oh, no, she was having that baby. I also... Mm-hmm. They didn't discuss adoption at all in this episode when it came to the baby, right? No, she did. Sienna asked her. The girl with the questions and the glasses uh-huh. asked her. I like she Sienna. Said, that's, that's
1: what... Yes, yeah, I think Sienna is probably living a fine life right yeah, now. But she's anyway...
0: a college graduate. She is she's saving a lawyer. for her first
1: home. <laughs> she's asking real questions in the courtroom.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she asked her, and that's when Valerie said the thing about
1: wanting a connection.
0: Oh, okay, okay. And I... But I do wonder if, like, her parents were like, "Well, we're not going to push adoption because, like, we'll just adopt the baby if it doesn't work." Like, no, they, I bet you, I bet you, they said, "You know how you
1: were a gift from God for us. You're gonna, this baby's gonna be a gift for someone else, and you could do that." And no, and no, no. I mean, and like, I,
0: between themselves, like in the back of their head, they're probably oh, just like, "Well,
1: oh,
0: yeah." I mean, <laughs> we're gonna one. take the baby in. You know, like we've already adopted nine, like baby number ten.
1: Yeah, and they did end up
0: adopting her, right? they've had custody of her she's not adopted i wonder if she's still in the system and they get like assistance no because it would be a kinship adoption oh oh and you don't get yeah that's true so you, um, you don't get paid for it i wonder if they just like don't care to go through with the process of adopting her oh, why I mean, would they
1: who's yeah. gonna come get
0: her yeah um and, like, and that's matt that's common yeah. too yeah like oh we're gonna go through the process of like you know, Matt comes around once a week. Like, why rock the boat? Nobody's, pro- mm-hmm. nobody's like gonna come here and say like, I want this baby. <laughs> like,
1: and it would be super hard because um, possession is not against the law when yeah. it comes to custody and stuff. And the fact that she's been, they've been like her primary caregiver since for her birth. Whole life. Yeah. It would be nearly impossible for him to get get him get her yeah. from that house unless they could prove something happened. But like I would saying, also, this is super common too, like for you to raise either foster or adopt a child, raise them and end up raising their child, yeah. or because or to foster some children and their mother continue to have kids and ask you to keep taking them, they call you when she's pregnant and be like. I know you adopted my other two kids. Um, I want all my kids together. When I have this one, you come get
0: it. I know. I went to, went to rehab with a girl who both of her children were adopted by the same, uh, like, gay couple. She got pregnant, yeah. gave the baby up for adoption, and she got pregnant again and called them. And was like, do you yeah. want another baby? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah. like, send them our way. So yeah. but well, a of lot her... of times you
1: don't. Because, yeah. like, you have four for kids, and you're like, you got to stop because I can't yeah. take any more. And even then, like, I just know people who had reached their limit already to but took a on a new kid.
0: There has well, to they took
1: on a new kid because it is the biological sibling of the children they already love. Yeah. And... Some of them have relationships with biological parents, and it's super mm-hmm. hard, especially if you can do it with no judgment. It's super hard to look at them and be like, okay, so I don't know what's going to happen with this one. I know I have these others, but this one, I can't. And it's, especially if it's someone, a lot of times are relatives, too. Like, yeah. I just, when I watched this the first time, I knew that kid was going to end up with those parents already. I was like, oh, okay. Let me see what this is going, right?
0: So, I mean, unfortunately, like, it's a very – a case like Valerie's, in my opinion, is a very strong example of, you know, generational drug abuse, generational, like, teen parenting, generational dysfunctional parenting, that Mm -hmm. even when taken completely out of the situation and the environment – completely removed from it in essentially every way still affects the child and that is it's sad but it's true it's like you genetics are at play very very early in life trauma like probably trauma from the womb if there are drugs Mm -hmm. involved like stuff that can not be erased even when like given, I mean, I don't know if this is the case for Valerie, but given, like, a stable, loving home, uh, you you can't erase generational trauma. It's, like, imprinted in our DNA. Mm-hmm.
1: And you can't, like, before I started doing this type of work, I would. I don't know if I believed that you could, something could happen while you were in utero, and you mm-hmm. could feel really that vitri- I, I was like, a lot of people, that was like, oh, if you get a baby, like, the day it was born, no problem. But that's not how things work, and we also don't You have no idea what's going to be, what's going to traumatize. You have no idea. Mm -hmm. Things that could have happened when she was already adopted. Like, because they're not perfect. Things that could have happened. um, Also, keep in mind, they're kicking in other children, too. Uh, It's so,
0: I I read that one of her adoptive brothers was a a pedophile, but
1: um, a convicted molester.
0: Oh, and I didn't read that, but that definitely happens because you're bringing they traumatized fit. children into right. one environment, unfortunately. Yeah, they didn't cite sources, so it could be a yeah. lie. It could be, like, lying. But I'm just saying that people are discussing that. And
1: that's super common. For someone to have been molested at a young age, grow up, do the same thing. For you to bring in someone in your home, and then they molest your children. Like, that, mm-hmm. that shit happens all the time. We don't know what the fuck happened to Valerie. We don't know what happened to Valerie yeah. two years ago. Valerie yeah. could have been Okay, so you know I'm gonna to bring up and that's why she had a Miss Rhonda. Miss Rhonda, Van Zant, I <laughs> <Ayana. laughs> yeah. she always talked on her show, she always on Fix My Life. She mm-hmm. always is like the kid the people are always like, Well, she had a change at twelve. We don't know what it was <laughs> and it's you can pinpoint what the fuck. Something happened yeah. she never told you. And everything was different after that. Valerie could have been raped at 13. Mm-hmm. Valerie could have had problems. Her parents seemed loving. But she could have had problems with relatives of them that didn't accept her. Because, of, yes. because she was a transracial adoption. She could have been abused in other ways for other children. You have no fucking idea. She just yeah. seems like by the time we get to her, just like you said, it's late in the game.
0: Now and, I'm interested,
1: oh,
0: fuck no. and I know this is, like, such an unfair ask of me, and I'm just, like, saying this out loud because we're talking about it. My ideal version of 16 and pregnant, and I kind of understand this is sick, but, like, I think that this, I'm kind of obsessed with, like, a more realistic version of 16 and pregnant would be for, like, all of these girls that were sexually assaulted or molested as children to be like and then this happened. Like I Like, would like intervention? No, like yeah, like intervention, like sixteen pregnant intervention style where we get the truth of a lot of these girls who are come to us on sixteen pregnant already so broken and in these emotionally and sometimes then we later find out physically abusive relationships with these awful teen boys. Um have like dysfunctional relationships with their parents some of them have eating disorders some of them have substance abuse issues like obviously like you can't force someone to disclose abuse like that's not what I'm saying but if I did like an ideal version of 16 and pregnant we would get like it'd be two hours long and the first 30 minutes would them be sitting there and like recounting the hardships in their lives because I think that's like an an angle that we just don't get on this show that explains why these 15 year old girls are choosing to have babies. Well, one, you'd never get that because no parent would sign off on it. I know. I know. Did you, and this is off topic, but
1: did you see that MTV has a new show called pretty little mamas? What is that?
0: It's, um, I haven't watched it, but apparently (laughs) I swear to God. It's not out, is it? No, no, it is. I think it has two episodes. I swear to God, um, apparently the premise, it's like a pretty little Liars-inspired show, but with real people who are brought together after the murder of one of their friends, I swear to God. And wait, they're all young, I thought it was about mom. They are. They're all young mothers, and it's what? apparently scripted like The Hills, so it's like real people that aren't actors, but it's like a heavily scripted and produced reality show.
1: What is
0: what are they doing? I don't know. <laughs> is, I haven't watched it. Yet, you know though.
1: what? We're not. I'm definitely not young, and you're not that young. I don't think that we're there. I, I don't know. think we're there. Um, They're targeting.
0: Yeah, I can't really do like a, a a heavily scripted reality show. I've never been like a big fan of them. I Actually, never loved The Hills for that reason. Like, I never loved a Chris Lee knows best. Like, I don't super you don't love, love anything. chris knows, but i could actually talk for hours about how fucking crazy that family is but anyway
2: on that note
0: let me take a five second break and then we will continue talking valerie so yeah i just really hate how much we've missed of valerie's life and i just my ideal version of 16 and pregnant is much darker. Basically, yeah. <laughs> It's just like a darker, grittier show because that's what is interesting to me. And I've never loved this. Like having a baby is hard narrative because it's like, yeah, we know, but you know, it's also really hard. Like being a 15 year old that's been expelled from school. That's having unprotected mm-hmm. sex with your boyfriend. Cause you're too scared to say, put a condom on. Like, God only knows.
1: Yeah.
0: So, Matt and his friend, uh, like, take a car ride and they talk about a paternity test. And his friend calls it a fraternity test. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) Stupid. And, okay, when I say Matt is, like, the literal spitting, like, if I could draw you what a Chester County white opioid addict looks like. Matt would be it he just he like that's like as soon as he came on screen I'm like oh like he he's probably a drug addict like he just everything about him is like he looks just like my 20s boy my early 20s boyfriend like that is just what they all look like and Matt like I said, Matt was not nice to her, and Matt was not a good person, but I did appreciate that he was upfront. And this episode of Sixteen and Pregnant has probably one of the most iconic lines from the whole series. Yeah. And they're talking about their, Valerie and Matt are on the phone, and he's like, Well, I need a paternity test. And she goes, It's your baby, Matt. Get it through your head. We had sex, lots of it, and it was unprotected. I, half
1: the episode was her calling Matt. Oh.
0: (laughs) Three quarters (laughs) of the episode was her calling Matt, Matt, Matt. Also, did you notice the high amount of, like, uh, animated calendar markings there were? (laughs) Like, there were so many. (laughs) They didn't have a lot of footage. It was just her on the
1: bed calling Matt. Oh. They were like, we gotta we gotta fluff this up. And my favorite entire part is when her sibling says, mm-hmm. so How's it going with Matt? And she just looks at him like, Fuck you. Oh,
0: yeah, I like that. And <laughs> he, he started like, laughing. Okay. He's like, yeah. How really oh, you? Yeah. A producer told him to
1: ask that question, first of all. A producer told him to ask that question. Probably <laughs> after her telling the producer, I don't want to talk about it. It (laughs) Secondly, because of the way Valerie is, she's super spoiled. The way she talks Mm -hmm. to her mom is crazy. She seems to be a center of that family. Um, She has special food in the refrigerator that's just for her. And I'm sure her and Matt is the top of a conversation all the fucking time there. And I'm sure that kid's like, I know how it is. Not good. You never enter the phone.
0: (laughs) Like, here's the thing, the sad truth about, like, teenage drug addicts, and this extends into adulthood, but I'm just talking about, like, families with teens, is that, like, the drug addict is always the center of attention of every family. Like, it just is because they create the most chaos and the most strife, and, like, the parents are obsessed with fixing the child and the other siblings, like, get pushed way to the wayside. I mean, kind of necessarily. Because the adults are, like, literally trying to save the life of that child. And, uh-huh. you know, like, the bad kid. The family's just always going to revolve around the bad kid.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. And, like, I mean, that happens in, like families that don't have that kind of stuff too like if you have four kids and two of them get straight A's and one gets mostly B's and one is failing who are you rushing to who are you going whose teacher conferences do you go to first who do you constantly talking to about school the other ones are gonna feel neglected because you have the squeaky wheel gets the grease and I just I'm sure I just from what I can tell and this short little episode and what do they film for like two weeks or a week and then they come back another week or something like that yeah so i think, think
0: well i think for 16 pregnant might be a little different i think they might film for yeah like two or three weeks and then the baby comes and they film for like a month
1: so like just in a short time it's very clear that valerie is the squeaky wheel in that house yeah and i'm sure that kid that's asking the question is like I kind of don't want to know what's going on in that because every time something is going on with her, it's like all in the living room and shit and we got to go get in the car at 4 a.m. and go look for her and think yeah.
0: Like... <laughs> yeah, well, and shortly after this episode, Valerie ends up getting arrested for like yep. seriously physically assaulting her mom and yep. goes to that lockdown youth center that I was talking about at the beginning of this episode where she is just like, i mean she breaks her mom's vertebrae like they have a serious physical fight um so yeah i i just i think you're actually right uh i did want to talk about valerie calls matt and leaves him a voicemail (laughs) that says if this whole thing doesn't this whole thing being like her and matt doesn't straighten out before the baby's born then you could just go on with your life and at first i was like hun like you can't like he doesn't have to be with you to be with like in his baby's life but that's when I was like oh they're really not talking about what's going on aka Matt is in Wilmington doing drugs and like she's uh-huh. getting really frustrated and, but we're not going to say that we're going to say that it's because he doesn't want to be with me. Like I'm mad that he's picking up cause he, he's not picking up cause he doesn't want to be with me, but really she's mad that he's not picking up because she knows he's like doing drugs. I see. I think that's true, but I also think it's 50, 50. I yeah, think that
1: she true. doesn't really care if he's doing drugs. He's doing drugs without her and not picking up the phone. And I also think that when she got pregnant. Like I don't think she's like mad at him about doing the drugs. I don't. I think that the fact that he's not around and he's doing drugs is a problem. Mm-hmm. But if he were like there doing the drugs, she'd be like, I mean, it's not ideal. <laughs> Easier. here. And the baby will make I, him change. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna have a baby. He's getting out of the system. And the other thing is, I mean, like a uh, Mackenzie, you know, <laughs> like yeah. so. But the other thing is, is that. I bet you that he hadn't talked to her in a long time before she she found out she was pregnant. And he, he was like and she was like, I'm pregnant, so I'm not going away. Like I think she yes. even said those fucking words. And yeah. he was like, Shit. Absolutely. And so I honestly I I honestly think that she just wants it hurts her that he's not giving her that attention. That he's not there. The drugs are secondary. The baby's way down the list of priorities. And she's just like, "You're going to say you're with me because you are, and you're going to. And I don't know why you're not because I'm pregnant, and I promise it's yours." And I think, I think, besides the fact that he's like kind of like blunt with her, not gets a decent edit in this he reminds me mm-hmm. of a Kyler in a way because yes. I hate the way Kyler spoke to Lexi but I just remember the first episode that that baby with the ugly name came home totally. and she was <laughs> the ugly hyphenated name for no reason that you really like and I was like no it's not cool and you're like no I think it's chic and I was like no oh, it's oh,
0: oh, with her her great her mom's maiden name or something right, right that was totally that.
1: her mom's idea not Lexi ever no, that her Lexi's, mom was like
0: Lexi's no. weird as fuck Lexi is a weird no. person she's weird no that she was her is. mom's idea
1: her mom Lexi began to like it but that was her fucking mom's idea I guarantee you they were sitting in their little sweaters pretending to be the Gilmore, Gilmore girls, again. girls. <laughs> <Jinx>. <laughs> <laughs> there
0: were Gilmore girls in it they were just Gilmore
1: it and she was it. like you know what (laughs) and and then like he's like hmm and then it just grew on her i promise you that's how the fucking went down and then they went to luke's for some coffee so. anyway when when kyler when they bring that baby with the ugly name home kyler is holding that baby in a football hole i was like whoa he's good at this whoa he got a job whoa he's telling he's being like honest being like I honestly don't know what's going to happen between us. I'm going to come see the baby tomorrow. Whoa. (laughs) And that's kind of what happened. I was like, I still hate his face. But the same thing happened with Matt. I was like, I don't like him, but I think he's getting a good edit here. I think, even though I think he's like totally doing heroin or meth or whatever the fuck, you know, I don't know how to do drugs. (laughs) I, for a long time, I thought you like.
0: In 2009, he was probably doing like fucking oxys.
1: Oh. For a long time, I thought you, like, shaved off, like, shavings of crack off the rock. You got a big rock, and then you, like, took a little oh, bit off of it. I don't
0: cute. know. <laughs> My drug is you crazy. Just smoke some crack, princess?
1: <laughs> no, thank you.
0: I know enough crackheads. I'm good. <laughs> Go on. <sighs> so, um, I did, oh, so, Josh, Josh, Matt moves to Wilmington, which They say, she goes, I don't know how he's going to be able to help me with the baby when he's living 200 miles away. Now, I need you to know that Oxford, according to Google Maps, because I go, 200, what? Oxford, according to Google Maps, is 29.9 miles away from Wilmington. Wait, was this Wilmington, North Carolina? No, Wilmington, Delaware! Oh, my God. Like, she lives, like, essentially at the Delaware state line. Like, yeah, I, yeah. when they, when she said 200 miles away, I was like, what? That, it, no. Like, she lives so fucking close to Delaware. Oxford is right next to Del, right by Delaware. Like, she, I mean, right now I'm sitting 25 minutes away from Delaware. Like, we are... <laughs> closely located to the state of Delaware. Like, she... She
1: wasn't in school.
0: Why do you even expect her to know? I it? guess MTV, like... <laughs> but there's no way that she did not know that Wilmington was 45 minutes away from her because everyone in this area knows how close Delaware is because we go there to buy tax-free appliances and liquor. Like, people <laughs> drive to Delaware because Delaware doesn't have that uh, sales tax. So, she, like... She... There's no she way they don't, like, go to Walmart in Wilmington she with her family. Know. She there, doesn't when, know. I think MTV <laughs> told her to say that. And she was totally like, what? <laughs> 200. No. I guess. She because told, then also she, she goes, my best friend lives 200 miles away. And then I looked that up because I was like, y- you in Pennsylvania? I'm like, where the fuck is that? And then that's in New Jersey. But they put it in <laughs> Pennsylvania. It's also I, 200 I, miles away. It's like an hour maybe and a half she's, away. Maybe she's like me and she can't, like,
1: estimate measurements.
0: Maybe. <laughs> like, but when she said <laughs> Wilmington was 200 miles away, I was like, excuse me? Aw, <laughs>
1: like, uh, poor girl. Looking oh, stupid she, on TV. Okay. <laughs>
0: truly. Like, and it was such a weird throw detail. Yeah. Like, yeah. she could have just been like, he's moving an hour away. I think we all would have understood the enormity, even though it – that would have been an exaggeration an hour but like i think we would have all understood like an hour is a significant amount of distance for these kids without cars i did want to say that valerie is probably one of the episodes where i felt like we least the baby was like the least important thing in this entire storyline yep i feel like who was the baby even there like did we even see the baby? Like, <laughs> we saw the baby. <laughs> but do you, like, I feel like before the baby was born, we didn't. We barely. There was no talk of who will watch the baby. How will you pay for the baby? How are you going to care for the baby? How no, are you going to get around with there the baby? No.
1: Well, there was because briefly. she wanted to go to school. Yeah. Now, and then, her I mom think the like, reason well, we didn't talk, talk about. her, reason. That's, that's I think her mom works at the homeschool co op. Right? Because her mom was uh, there.
0: No, I think her mom, I would guess the homeschool co-op was probably just, she probably only goes there for, like, under two hours at a time. You know what I mean? Like, Uh two or three times a week. My guess would be that the co-op was, like, especially if it's for all of, well, no, it would probably just just be for the school district, which isn't, like, huge. But I would guess the co-op was probably, like, far enough away from the house because they live out in the sticks that, like, it didn't make sense for her mom to drive back home. And then come back to get oh. her. Like if she was only going there for two hours, they live a half an hour away. Like, well, I'm not going to drive all the way home and then come back and get you. So that's probably like why she came inside. Would be so, my guess. I think her mom probably just doesn't work. She might be retired.
1: So why didn't she watch the baby when she well, went back she, to high school?
0: I she because I think that just wasn't. That's true. I'm wondering if maybe her mom works part time, or. Something. Yeah, There's like, something like, it's probably church related, probably. Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably like that. yeah. Or she like works for, yeah, she might work for the church three days a week from 11 to 2, like the exact times that you wouldn't be able to watch the baby. Um, oh, yeah. Or she maybe, like, the dad might own a business. Oh, she did. She does work because she said, I'm taking a, the first week off.
1: Okay, so her mom works. And yeah, because
0: remember, she said, I'm taking the first week off, and then the dad said, and I'll take the second week off if you need it. And Valerie goes, Dad, you don't know anything about babies. And her mom's <laughs> like, he was around for all of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, her dad's well, well, literally well, offering to take off work to, like, help raise her child in the first, as an infant. Yeah. And Valerie's like, go to work, idiot. Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, and he's, like, 70 years old. <laughs> and like, you should have just said thank you and then, then not brought it up again. <laughs> you should have done
0: so, maybe what? she okay. does work at the homeschool co-op, or she probably just does something that's, like, not high-key demanding, so she was able to give Valerie a lot of help, but still uh-huh. not be, like, the full-time caretaker for the the infant child.
1: Okay, so that makes sense. So, she so she does talk about that, because she keeps talking about she wants to go back to school. She misses her friends. Um, do you think her school is far from her house?
0: Mm, she probably lives, like, 20 minutes away from her school. She probably went to Cochranville... Okay, so she probably lives, okay. like, close-ish, but, like, mm-hmm. also, like, further than I live from my high school, but, like, do you know what I mean? Like, not, like, crazy, not, like, Leah's daughters who live, like, nine hours away from their school.
1: Yeah, they have to take a snack on the way to school. Yeah. You know, this,
0: when I thought about this, this made me think of that 116 and pregnant girl,
1: and, you I'm not going to learn it, and you probably will. It's the one that graduated college. Um, she lived at oh, she Isabella. was Catholic, Isabella and her yeah. mom, she had the perfect sub. Her mom ran a date home daycare
0: and her mom, she just like Ugh, bought the baby home daycare. So went, right. They lived in that in-law suite in the ba- I think she still lives there.
1: She still lives. They have like two kids now or three kids, two kids. And they're she gra- divorced. Are and they? She gradu- yeah. Oh. They got
0: divorced. And Isabelle mm-hmm. like posted right after they announced these, like, she
1: graduated. Yeah. Posted
0: yeah. these like professional pictures like with the announcement. It was very, yeah. <laughs> But she like had her shit
1: together, and she was like not telling anybody. I don't know. She was just like the most ambitious of all the yeah. girls, and, and she also was just like most support. So, well, her parents were kind of strict, but they were just like, "We got you, we got you." Yeah, this. I mean, they You're were well off. Fine.
0: They were well off. Yeah, enough. they were. Well they off. were. Yeah. I mean, her mom worked. She ran an in-home daycare, so it's not like they were like loaded, loaded, but they were yeah. a solid middle-class family. They could afford to feed another child. And yeah. they could afford to give Isabel, like, literally everything she needed, emotionally and financially, so that she could succeed in life.
1: And they were religious, too. Yeah. But I just thought it was so, I was like, that, that's who Valerie needed. Valerie needed a mom who was just like, okay, head on back to school,
0: drop that baby right here, my 20 yeah. <laughs> like, But that wouldn't have worked either, because she would have went back to school and just been soaking pot at school. And skipping oh, school. You're right. And that's what her parents no, no, said. Right. They were like, well, why? They're like, you're getting straight A's in homeschool. Like, homeschooling's working for you. Like, why uh-huh. would you want to go back to school? And Valerie said something that I thought was very interesting. And she said, I have the baby. Like, I'm pregnant. Isn't that punishment enough? Like, do you need to take everything away from me? And I'm yeah. wondering if... So did she get expelled, or did they pull her out of school because she got pregnant, or like how strict were the consequences actually, or is Valerie that spoiled that she can't understand that like she had to leave school because she was suspended, and they even said if you go back to school you're gonna have to repeat ninth grade, and you're on track to graduate on time if you stay in the homeschool. So I'm curious, like, I'm just I think curious,
1: she was a homeschool before she got pregnant.
0: I think she was a yeah, homeschool before she got pregnant. I wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe, like, after, like, Christmas break, uh, freshman year, you know, it was Mm -hmm. like, you got to start homeschool. Like, either we're letting you know, like, you literally cannot pass ninth grade because you have not come to school. And they were like, okay, well, we'll we'll homeschool her.
1: Yeah. And also keep in mind that I don't know what it's like there, but in all the states I've lived in. Um, you can go to jail if your kid doesn't go to school and and you don't officially take them out and say you're homeschooling them. And it's not like you have to send a letter and you have to, and there's some things some people are getting to submit, but if you just like, the kid doesn't go to school, you can go to jail.
0: (laughs) I I can't remember if I talked about this last week on feathers my hair, but Janelle and David are now homeschooling Marissa, which is terrifying. Mm -hmm. And I guess in North Carolina, when you, like, register to homeschool your child, you, like, pick a name for the school, like, your house. (laughs) And it, like, Mm -hmm. they picked, like, some stupid, funny name. But it's, like, it's so funny to think, like, that every homeschool child, like, has a school name (laughs) for their house. Yeah, and they have, like, you can print badges and stuff. Because if you
1: homeschool your kids, you still get, you get a teacher discount. You get a school discount. Not the You don't get the, the text you know the yeah. no sales text things but you if microsoft is offering half off for students and you are homeschooling someone oh. or half off for teachers you get the discount for homeschooling and it's it's really hard to prove you're homeschooling <laughs> so like but microsoft did... is never going to call you and ask for that
0: i felt i felt sad for valerie in those moments when she was in that homeschool room like that was depressing as far as fuck it was like her and an old lady like sitting one inch apart from each other like so close and i mean she was getting tutoring basically it's not a bad setup but i like felt just like myself at 15 and like how i would have much i would have fucking hated that
1: sure and also that lady seems like she wasn't up for that shit like she was like valerie I ain't taking your shit today, bitch. Like, that's how that's how she approached Valerie. Like, she's like, okay, let's get to it.
0: And I'm like, I oh. was kind of surprised that she was being homeschooled in a situation like that and that she didn't go to a, um, like, an alternative school. In Is there one around there? Yeah, yeah. In Pennsylvania. So, basically, like, when you get expelled from school – You're usually sent to, like, like my ex-boyfriend graduated from one, they might have, would have, maybe, it might be for the whole county. Um, And you go, like, three days a week for, like, three hours each time. And it's, like, kind of like homeschooling. That, like, you have, you know, you're responsible for getting your work done. But it's still, like, a technical school. Like, his mom, like, graduated high school for him. Because, like, she just, like, did all his homework and all his work. Uh, because it wasn't like, you had to turn in like packets, you know, like, yeah. here's our packet, yeah. like proving that I did this semester of history, for example. And so his mom just like did all the packets for him. Um, Why
1: did she do it? Was she doing it because she wanted him to graduate or was she thinking she was helping him?
0: Uh, both. Especially uh, like at that point, she probably truly believed he was help- she was helping him. Because I mean, he was like an IV drug addict at this point. Uh, like when, like in like- high school, he was an IV drug addict. So I think, like, she was so in over her fucking head that she just, like, was doing anything she could to... You know what I mean? Like, she was... Part of it, she, like, wanted him to graduate. I mean, they're, like, a very rich, successful family. Like, not graduating from high school, I think, would have been too much of an embarrassment for her. But I don't... I don't think it was... That was, like, the driving force. I think she was just, like had no clue what to do with her heroin addicted teenage son who had More already rough. been to like multiple rehabs by that point, And just like, I don't know if I would have done it differently for that. You know, right. what I mean? like you just like, Absolutely. you're like, okay, like, so he's like addicted to drugs. To of course I want him to have a high school degree. So when he gets sober, like he has his high school degree, it's not going to help him if he doesn't have his high school degree. It's just going to hurt him in the long run. And I know in my heart he's going to be sober one day. And, yeah. like, that day is going to be, like, next week. And, like, yeah. that's going to be really bad when he gets sober and he doesn't have a high school degree. So, like, I'm just going to make it so he gets a high school degree.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's also something she can focus on because, like, the problems oh. are super big. Yeah. I,
1: I don't know how I – I honestly don't know how I handle if one of my kids was a Valerie. I don't know how I would do that. I know a ton of people who have kids in, like, residential treatment centers,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: there's the potential for abuse. Some of them work, some of them don't. Um, I have a lot of issues gonna...
0: with teen residential treatment centers. Jesus Land, yeah. she goes to one, but it's, like, out of the yeah. country, which are, like, really bad. But, I mean, Those a lot are these, terrible. A lot of these residential treatment centers, therapeutic boarding schools, if oh, you will, yeah. they get... Yeah they get shut down, but then at some point it's like, well, do you have to send your kid away? Like, for the good of the rest of the family. It's, yeah, I don't... Those wilderness one. Oh, mm. I have a lot, lot of... kids dying. I know also. a lot. I know a lot of people. So, I mean, and this is relevant to this episode. So, in rehab, I met a lot of people who had been in and out of facilities since they were, like, young teenagers. Sure. Um, because... You know, I went into treatment when I was 25, so most of the people that, like, I hung around with were my age or younger and had been in and out of facilities for a very long time. Uh, my old roommate, who's five years sober now, I think, started going to rehab when she was, like, 13, uh, like, was on methadone, like, the day she turned 18, like, was the youngest patient in her state to get put on Suboxone when Suboxone had just come out. Uh, stuff like that. So I've known a lot of people who have been in and out of treatment since young kids. And some of them have, like, horrific Horror stories. Because they go to these outward-bound camps and, like, uh-huh. they're not allowed to leave. It's locked down facilities. Um of them aren't licensed. Yeah, they're little not little licensed. Little licensed. They're a like rehab. They can be super shady. Yeah. Re- a lot of them are religious-based. It's not... I don't know. I don't know what you do with Valerie with a case like I don't Valerie. know with Valerie either. It's and... very scary because most likely my guess would be that also Valerie maybe wasn't bad enough to go to rehab. Then you know, sure, like she, she may I mean, people and well, maybe she yeah. is because she did get
1: arrested. Never
0: mind. <laughs> also, like I wouldn't be surprised if before her six, excuse me her sixteen pregnant episode she had been smoking a lot of weed. Had been drinking, maybe was doing some ecstasy, maybe was, like, doing some coke, but, like, probably, you know, like, would take a pill every once in a while, but, like, probably wasn't in, like, any sort of full-blown opiate addiction. And it's like, do you send your kid to rehab for that? Because sometimes you send your kid to rehab for that. And I actually, so, the teen girl that I was talking about at the beginning of this episode, they had, she'd been smoking a lot of weed. Uh, It was this whole thing. And they made her go to intensive outpatient meetings. And they were so fucking bad for her because she was a bad kid. I mean, I hate to say that, but she was. She was a kid who wanted to be bad because she wanted to act out because of her situation. Right, she was acting out. And she would go to these meetings, and she was not a drug addict. She had been smoking weed because of, like, the circumstances that she was in. And she would go to these meetings with these other teens that were, like, drug addicts and would hear what Mm -hmm. they would say. And she'd be like, well, I want to do that.
1: I want to do that. Like, when you send, like, a minor person to, um, like, someone who committed a minor crime and you send them to big boy prison and they learn Mm -hmm. about how to be a real criminal at that point.
0: Exactly. And that's what that's like. So do you send a kid like Valerie to go be with people who are smoking crack? Like, I don't know. Because even I when either. I was in rehab at 25, like, I would hear people talk about, like, the drugs they did. And I was like, well, I never got to do that. Like, yeah. I want, and yeah. I want to do that because I still have a drug-addicted that sounds brain. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I don't you know. I, Damn. <laughs> literally. Um, also, who knows if
1: she'd be safe there. I'm actually going to send you an article that I read a, re- really recently about um, these uh, non-ran orphanages and, mm-hmm. like, how they would kill children there and, like, beat them and do all these things to them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like, people, they were talking about how kids got taken there by, by the state sometimes, but a lot of people who couldn't take care of their kids would just, like, drop them at these orphanages and think they were going to get homes and stuff. And they would, like, ask, they, people tell stories of um, nuns, like, Directing other children to rape them. They one man had a had a disfigured penis because uh, oh. a nun had picked him in the closet and molested him and then cut him or his genitals. Oh. Like, like, I just I'm not saying I don't want anybody there who like uses residential treatment centers or like works in one or whatever. To be offended or anything, but you know, there's tons of shit going on. Just like they're, they're great rehabs, and there are really shady ones where the dude's like prostituting the, the, the women there in the rehab.
0: Like, literally, and, literally prostituting yeah, the and, women. Levianna's sober. Yeah, house. That, there was yeah. just a big case about that. So, His like, name is Kenny Chapman. You can Google yeah. Kenny Chapman and read it. Like,
1: Yeah, like this is like, so you're right. I don't know if Valerie would be safe there. I don't know if she'd get worse there. I just, I don't know, I guess part of the thing, reason, like, people make fun of me, especially my family, especially, because black people are not about therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, go to church,
0: yeah, be strong. God will, God will heal it. <laughs> Watch Black Panther. <laughs> you will be able Well, I and, think, I think that yeah. when you come from a community that has had a lot of suffering, it's like, why do you need to go to therapy? We all, we all deal with this shit. Yes. Yeah. This is something we we'll all
1: have to do with so pe- people might feel and make fun of me all the time, but all i make like is they're in therapy. And it's because yeah. I I always say, like, I just want you to have someone else to talk to. I want a professional that's like, Hey, this is totally normal for that. This is totally like um, average for their age. This is some but this is it.
2: And I yeah. want, and
1: I just that's all I want. I just want some I want them to feel comfortable having and I do unlike Janelle and Jace. Their therapist does not tell me what they say. Mm-hmm. I, I go in, I, I maybe talk like five minutes about just how the week was, and that leads them where they're going to go with the kids. But they don't tell me anything. Or if they want to tell me something, they'll come out and they'll be with the kids. They'll be like, hey, can I, can I talk to your mom about that one thing remember I asked you? And the kid, even though they've already asked them in the room, they will give her permission again in front of me, and then mm-hmm. she'll say, well, I want to tell you about this. And we decided, me and the child, we were talking about it in there. And we kind of came up with this solution, and we need your help to do this. And that's how she broaches it. It's not like a tattletale sort of thing. I want them to have with somebody. I don't think that's going to, that's not the magic, the silver bullet, but I just want help. And I don't know that Valerie's parents had any help with her. No. I don't think they had anywhere to turn to. I think they went to church a lot, and they, I don't know, they took her to the gold corral.
0: And bought Valerie her a was... <laughs> valerie was very emotionally isolated um yes. i think that she felt very alone i think that she had maybe one or two like genuine friends then she had yeah. like that girl that she went to target with who was like i miss my partner in crime and i'm like oh, that's a big thing but
2: yeah i was like that,
0: that's not good that's not like that's not good um i just don't think that valerie had A lot of people that she could confide in about her true feelings. And I think that caused her just, like, really acting out. And I just... It's so sad how... First of all, how quickly she died. Like, she was dead seven years after this episode. You know? Like, she died quickly. Like, she (sighs) progressed very quickly. She was getting arrested, like, I think within... I mean, she was still minor when she got arrested for the first time. So, within three years of this episode airing, and then she just, like, continuously had trouble. Um, By the way, I think we're, like, off of recapping this episode. I think, for me at least, it's a lot more interesting to just talk about uh, our thoughts and feelings on the episode. I don't think we need to, like, go back to a scene-by-scene, even though I suggest everybody watch this episode because it was, like, very interesting and very good. But, um... I think this is personally more interesting to me. Uh, although we will talk about the baby going to NICU because I thought that was an interesting part. But I just... Valerie is somebody that, like, when I watched this episode, I could, like, feel her pain. <laughs> like, yeah. I could, in a way that was different than some of the other girls. Some of the girls, you feel their pain because, like, they're 16 and pregnant and that sucks. <laughs> Um, Uh and they have, like, shitty parents, but Valerie, you could just, like, feel that, like, when she talked about wanting to go to school, that was so sad to me, because it was so obvious that she just, like, felt so fucking alone, and was just so, and it was, it was, uh, this happens to a lot of the girls, that they, they don't go back to school, uh, and Mm -hmm. they're like, well, I'm lonely, but there was just something so... Upsetting about Valerie and like her, I think maybe because she was so young and she, like there was yeah. such a long stretch of time. Because yeah. a lot of these girls, it's like, well, I'm gonna have to finish out my senior year at home, you know what I'm like. But Valerie is like her 10th, 11th, and 12th grades, like, yes. there's years of time before she'll be graduating and getting a full time job and moving on with her life
1: like and just tons of like stuff you normally do in high school that she never get to do because um she i, I mean I, I guess it's not the worst thing in the world that ever happened to anybody but i'm just saying that like she seemed like a type of girl that was like really into going to football games and really and like yeah would care about prom and stuff and those things aren't going to happen for her i also think that when she got when she first started so we're just assuming that she started homeschool before she got pregnant, because that's the way it's seen. Maybe a couple of months before they realized she was pregnant. Yeah.
0: And But sometimes, she, sig- like, significantly before they started
1: filming. Right. And so she, I can imagine that when she first realized she couldn't go back to school and she was going to get homeschooled, she was like, yeah, I don't have to go yeah. back to school. And oh. then she was like, fuck, this is not what I thought it she was. Said I still it. have to get up.
0: She, no, she said to her, her friend goes, well, what do you miss about school? And she said, getting up in the morning. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's depressing. Because, you know, she just, like, probably sleeps in and gets up and, like, nothing's happening. <laughs> like, yeah. there's just, like, nothing happening in her life.
1: Right. She's super bored. She's probably watching a lot of TV, calling back constantly. He's not calling her back. And I I never understand why she wouldn't just text him, but maybe it was the year i was like just text him and tell him you're going to like why did you call him knowing he doesn't take your phone calls but he's gonna look at the fucking text and be like oh shit let me get there what like
0: she (sighs) was really i she did also talk a lot about how matt was her first love i mean i don't think she said her first like guy she had sex with but she talked a lot about her first love and how she needed to be with him because he was the first guy she ever loved and I think Valerie is a classic case of someone that just like fucking hates herself and has like no self esteem at all and just is so desperate for outside validation that she Mm -hmm. like has this vision like I wonder if her and Matt ever even said I love you to each other
1: Well, remember, she's on the phone. She's like, you can't. I'm not just a terrible person. We had a good blah, blah, blah. And I
0: think that. Oh, she said, like, don't you still care about me? And he said, yeah. yeah. But, like, I don't. Did he say I love you at all
1: in this episode? She said, don't you still love me? And he says, yeah, you know, I still love you. Like, he, he paused. And then he was like, but, you know, I can't. And I also think that. When people are attracted to people who don't like them, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, someone can love yeah. you and not like you. you think you're a shitty person. When people are attracted to people who talk to them that way and who does, don't like them, it's because they think that way about themselves, too. And here is so invalidating how you Ugh. feel that I'm a terrible person or I'm not good enough for this. And they're, 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 te- they're telling me what I think to be true. And that's what attracts you to them. And so then, what you think is if you can get them to feel a different way, then then it will be true. Like it's it's like deep head game shit. And yeah, so him not wanting to be with her made him made her want to be with him even more.
0: Yeah, which I would which, love. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. I said I would love to have like an honest conversation with one of her siblings and yeah. find out. Like really what like the racial identity politics in their home were and like yeah. what the makeups of their school were and how, I mean, at that baby shower, like there was one other black person there, you know? Like Sienna well, was her
1: black friend. That's yeah,
0: Sienna was. Yeah. yeah. And I noticed some of her mom's friends were there. Like there were no other black women there. Um, well, sure. And I wonder, like, how that affected her and her self-esteem. And I do think that that was – obviously MTV wasn't going to give us that. But I do wonder, like, how the transracial adoption stuff affected her. And I wouldn't be surprised if her parents were like, well, we don't see color, you know, and just completely ignored it and expected Valerie to just get it. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And if that was the same for, like, all of her siblings – And I don't see how you, like, possibly could grow up in that situation and not be affected by that at all. Um, Uh So, yeah, I I think that is another, like, piece of this dysfunctional puzzle for Valerie. And it's very sad that I feel like watching this episode, I didn't come away with, like, a lot of positives I could name about Valerie's life.
1: Okay. Well, this is going to piss some of the listeners off. But I'm gonna say because I'm here for the spicy takes, okay? Okay. But Valerie and Randall from This Is Us have a lot in common, okay? When I watch This Is Us, everyone loves that couple. Everyone loves
0: that dad. Everyone loves that mom. But have you seen that show? No, but I understand the premise of it, and I know there let are me, racial issues, right? What? Let me tell you I what happens
1: okay so you know they're having triplets and a baby baby's yeah, abandoned yeah, yeah, yeah. and the so dad's just like let's take because they're like our right,
0: the baby died let's get yeah, the black hole.
1: i watched three episodes before i could figure out whether they liked randall because i was like why are these other kids named kate and kevin and his name's randall why can <laughs> he's the black yeah, why did they one? do that he didn't come because with a name
0: he was abandoned
1: they originally right? were going to give him kyle which was the name of the dead baby oh, by the way and which is if that, but then she found out who dropped him and found his dad. Dropped him off the hospital, found his dad, and his dad was like, "Give him something from me." And his uh, dad like wrote poetry, and she gave the name and learn. never told. Him. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, we just ruined this first, is like us. the third season. Calm down, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, some of the stuff they kept doing, I was just like, "You don't like him? <laughs> is that why you're doing yeah. this to him? You keep." You are not acknowledging he's a black person. Is that because you don't like him? And so I think people think they're being really nice about those things, but super hard to raise someone in rural Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a friend that um, grew up in rural New Hampshire, and she said her brother was the only black person for, like, 70 miles. <laughs> and I said, how would that work out? And she was like, "Um." not
0: great <laughs> yeah I think it's very I just, selfish I just, when terrible. white families adopt black children into these white like what's the word homogeneous but how do you pronounce that homogenous yeah. communities um you see it a lot like in utah because mormons really like to adopt and yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's so yeah and like these poor kids are just like forced well, to be the only black person that they know i so i grew up with a friend effort. that was yeah i well i grew up okay i grew up with a friend i think we've talked about this that uh my best friend from when i was little was is a black woman that was adopted by two white moms and one was like a staunch atheist the other one was jewish and they like Joined a Black Baptist church and like yes. had a whole like like literally a woman that my friend called her grandmother and aunts and uncle like it like the pastor of the church uh, like basically adopted them like as their family and they would like travel together and they would get her black dolls and just like I mean like went really out of their way to make sure that she had like a black identity. That was outside of their family. Uh, and yeah. it really helped. But she still had a ton of fucking issues. Like, a ton of issues. And well, I yeah. think it's unavoidable. And the reality is, is like, they took her in a foster care situation. She came from a drug-addicted mother who... She had, like, seven biological... Soup. Like, her life is significantly better because she was adopted by these two white women. In every mm-hmm. way. Like, do not get me wrong. That was four of the best. She had two loving mothers. Like, she went to private schools like she was taken care of but there were and she would have had issues had she not been adopted you know what it like yeah we're not saying don't adopt
1: black children we're
0: saying that
1: it takes more effort and you can't just like run away to a rural town pennsylvania and then like ignore what's happening you you're gonna have to do things that you wouldn't have been able that you wouldn't have had to do if you adopted a child that was your race and that live the same race as most of the people in your community. And
2: yeah.
1: they eventually did that And This Is Us. They found a black family. Well, a black family found them and was like, um, you're not treating doing his hair right. <laughs> and, and basically, they had play, he had play dates and stuff, and that's good. I wish, I'm, well, we don't know what Valerie's parents did. We really we don't. don't know because they don't talk don't. about it.
0: But the fact that there's no black people at the party is not a great sign. Okay, yeah.
1: it's just
0: not. Exactly. So I do want to talk about when baby and Nivea heaven spelled backwards. I hate um, that name. I, I hate fucking it too. hate
1: that name. It's not I, good. It's the dumbest name. And yes, my name is Princess. And I'm gonna say it's dumb. It is it's first of all, we don't need to spell things backwards to come up with new words. And <laughs> Nivea is not cute. It's not cute at all. It sounds like Nivea.
0: The yes.
1: It sounds yeah. like
0: Nivea. And I just Nivia's a prettier name, actually.
1: <laughs> it is, and also like Nevea is such a we're young and don't yes. realize this is dumb. I used to date somebody who had a son named Kavassian, named after the, the liquor. <laughs> and he it's had his Kavassian with... or Cavasier? Kavassian. They they <laughs> add the ah on at the end. They felt like that made it even fancier. Remember
0: the song "Pass the
1: Love yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> And I just told and I he was telling me about it and I was like, How old
1: were you? And he was like, Oh, I was fifteen when I had my son and yeah. his mother was fifteen. I was like, Oh, that means
0: there are no adults yeah. in room. That makes <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I um when I was in high school I had a personal trainer because my mom had a lot of oh, issues yeah. and wanted me That's to be trained. Right.
1: Um, the Weight Watchers uh, yeah, yeah, journey. Yeah, this is like
0: <laughs> Like after it. Um, but actually it was great, it like taught me how to work out. But um he had a daughter that was named and he hated it, that was named Heaven Lee. Like the baby's middle name was Lee and the first name was Heaven. And I was like, Your daughter's name is Heaven and he was like, Yeah, the mom name Like I don't know why he like didn't have a say in naming the baby. He's like, I call her Lee Like well, he didn't have a stay probably because he wasn't married to her. And, yeah, I, like, don't, I don't know if he was in the picture. I think he was actually near from where Valerie was from in Oxford. Is it, I think he is even said Kevin he's Lee? like, I know, it's a white trash name. I was, like, 16. I think I had an inappropriate relationship with my trainer. Like, Wait, not, like, whoa. sexual. No, no, but, like like, on a, like... He was probably, like, 30, and I feel like we were... He was
1: talking to you like a like an adult. I'd be like, <laughs> I
0: spoke so much, because we would, like, talk about my diet, and I'd be like, I got really stoned and ate a lot of ice cream, and he would, like, laugh about it, but, like, I was in 10th grade. Like,
1: <laughs> I was like well, a child. <laughs> isn't Kevin Lee the name of Lisa
0: Vanderpump's stereotype, um... Uh, Kevin Lee? Yeah, but this is heaven, like, oh my Nevaeh God. is spelled for... <laughs> this is a girl. She no, just no, no, randomly no. named the. Who called Katie fat? No, not Kevin Lee.
1: <laughs> okay, the other white Welcome trash. Welcome to our <laughs> Vanderpump Rules podcast. All no, right, no, go no, on. no, let's
0: talk about Kevin Lee. And he was like, "That's a i think he even called it like a white trash name, and I was like, "True." It was yeah, like true. we were like we were like two closest friends <laughs> like, for me being yeah. like fi- like a cool fifteen. I definitely didn't have a driver's license yet because my mom would drive me to and from the gym. So I I was in tenth grade. So oh, I was not sixteen yet, but it was like wasn't inappropriate like sexually at all. Like no, no, no. not at all Actually. like that. It was just like we like looking back. I'm like, mm. but I guess like what? I mean, we, I think I trained for an hour at a time. Like, what else were we gonna do but like talk like friends? I don't know. I always have very weird... weird Anytime I have a personal trainer, my last one that I had in Florida, like, was a drug addict. It was, like, it was wild. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. It was... But I really liked him. Why did you have a drug addict trainer? Because we, like, like, just got paired together by LA Fitness, and, like, I told him I was in recovery, and then, like, I kind of started to assume that he was a drug addict, and then, like... (laughs) One day I came in and he was like, he was like, I went to a meeting today. And I was like, great, I'm so happy for you. And then he would, like, constantly relapse and it was, like, crazy. He was crazy. he
1: would tell you he relapsed or, like, you just know?
0: Yeah, no, no, no. We would, like, talk about it. And once he, um, it's really funny, once he, like, was sick or something, like, withdrawing and he was being really mean and, like, yelled at me the whole time. And at the end I was like... Uh, just so you know, like, I don't respond well to yelling. I had a dad who yelled, and I don't like to be yelled at. And if you ever yell at me again, I will never train with you, and I will walk right out of this gym. (laughs) And he was like, what? I was like, just don't do that. And he's like, oh, sorry, I'm just, like, having a bad day. Like, I'm sick. Like, A.K. like, I'm withdrawing. (laughs) It was a mess. He's still a mess, I think. And
1: you were just like, okay, show me how to do these bins yeah I mean he was
0: like a good personal trainer like he was fit like you know I
1: think that's super interesting because I don't think I know I know lots of drug addicts but I don't know drug addicts in a professional capacity in which we interact professionally but I know that they're drug addicts and I'm also like yeah 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 we did this stuff by the way I know you were withdrawing but don't talk to me that way <laughs> like,
0: yeah I, I think I, it's i don't know if like i can think of any mm, that's not i no i think it's just one of those things that like when you're a drug addict yourself you Mm -hmm. if you're using you find out people are because then you're like sharing drugs or if you're recovered you find out people are because then they like eventually come to you for like help Uh. and advice so because i was gonna say i don't think i've ever known people like that before but like that's not true because like i was one of those people and like you would just like find the other people who worked in the restaurant that also did drugs like i worked at um this country club and i worked in like this snack bar that was like out on the golf course they called it the halfway house which is kind of ironic and (laughs) like it was after the ninth hole And so I had to get there at, like, 6 in the morning to open it up. And the lady who cleaned was, (laughs) like, had a Percocet script. And, like, I don't even know how we started trading. But, like, we just, I would give her my Adderall and she would give me Percocet. (laughs) Like, like, I don't even know, like, how we first, like, got there. But we did. Like, she was probably, like, I'm really tired. And I was, like, do you want an Adderall? And then I was probably, like, my back hurts. And she's, like, do you want a Percocet?
1: (laughs) Cute. Well, I always quote you with this, because this is the first time, you were the first person that ever said this in front of me, and not in front of me, but you're the first one I heard say mm-hmm. this, and it, like, clicked all these, like, unanswered questions for me. You said, when you see people that don't belong together, <laughs> and they're, like, friends or they, like, chill together, it's because they're <laughs> drug friends, and, like... <laughs> you will be drugs friends with the strangest people and what you have in common is drugs. And I was like, fuck, oh, that makes a lot of sense because I, when I used to work in restaurants, I was like, dude, how, how do they know each other? Why are they always in the car together? They don't even... What's... <laughs> and That's true. It's
0: so, so true. So now...
1: Anytime I might be like on the sit... street
0: and I'm like, how do people know each other? I'm like, oh those are drug addicts. They're doing drugs together, guys. <laughs> I used to like sit and like stare at people at their house and think like I fucking hate you like in my head. <laughs> I'd be like, I hate you. I, like chanting it in my head. But like Why? would be there for hours. Like because it was just like I mean, they would give me free drugs or like we had like a perfect trade going on, but like I did not like them.
1: <laughs> there was a reason for you to be there, but yeah. you did not like them as a person.
0: Yeah, like um, it, there was a reason that overpowered like my pure hatred for the person. And mm-hmm. that's why I can't do drugs because like
1: I'm super picky about who I'm around. Oh my god! And I would princess. be like the you bougiest get- drug user. <laughs>
0: Like, oh my god! I don't like him. His, like, I don't I like him. He his...
1: doesn't get his needles from the same place as me. And I, I don't these really drug do dealers. And they'd, like, to house, and
0: they'd like come over to your house and they'd like stay in your house for like so yes. long. And you're like, I, I need you to that. leave. Or like you would like, go to their house and then they would like pour their heart out to you, and you're like, Can you just sell me my weed? Like I don't want to talk like, to you. Do
1: drug dealers, like, when they sell it to you, do they also expect you kind of, like, to do a little with them? I've seen that Sometimes.
0: It depends. Like, I had some, like, pot dealers who were just, like, my friends from high school, and so uh-huh. like, I liked it when they came, like, they would come over and, like, watch a movie and smoke pot or, like, do whatever other drugs they, like, happened to have, but it was, like, fine, because they were, like, legitimately my friends, and it was, like, oh, you're coming over, like, will you just bring me this, this, and this, but, like, come over and hang, um, I always like buying heroin the best because most heroin dealers, like at least if you're buying in cities, are like businessmen. Like you call one number and they're like, Okay, we'll meet you on this corner at this time. You tell them what yeah. car you're in, somebody drives up and like you roll down your window, you give them the money, you get they give you the dope jo- the dope and you drive away. We used to have this one dealer we would meet that we would roll down the window and he would throw the drugs into our car. <laughs> we would throw the money back at him. Like, literally, like, never even, like, wouldn't even... And he didn't want shit to, to do with you? He yeah, just he like, didn't want shit wait. to do... Well, because and also it was, like, so shady because, like, we're, like... It was always me and my friend, like, two white kids, like, in the city. And, like, he's a black yeah. guy. Like, they it's just like in they certain areas like, yeah. of the city. Like, why else would we be together? like cops? know. you know what I mean. Like, there's no other reason for us to be in this area of the city. Like, there's no reason we'd be interacting. Yeah, like it's just it's just the oh, reality. Man. And See, I would want them. I
1: wouldn't want to share, and I would want them to get away from me as quickly as possible. And I wouldn't want to have like conversations and stuff. Yeah. I used to live with this girl who she's a teacher. And she actually like was one of those people in a big brother big sister program and she used mm-hmm. to smoke weed with the little sister and she used to do a lot of coke and her That's weed, not de- right. her not her, her dealer <laughs> that sold her both things name was black and he was a very dark black skin man with gold teeth mm-hmm. and he was always coming over to see her and she told the neighbors that it was like my boyfriend and i
0: was like was she white yes yeah, she was white i was like so she just me? told him that was your black boyfriend <laughs> Yeah, I was like, she's like black, it just makes more. Like, it just makes sense
1: for you to know him, the me to know him. I was like, your drug dealer who looks <laughs> like a drug dealer and walks like a drug dealer and does a drug dealer car makes more sense to know me. <laughs> the person who doesn't do drugs, she's like, princess, don't take it too seriously. Not that big of a deal. Do you want some of this Coke? No! Like, oh, <laughs> I want you to stop. We did have have one heroin dealer
0: that I loved, and we would, like, bring him food sometimes. Like, on Thanksgiving, we brought him a plate of food.
1: Well, that's nice of you.
0: I mean, really. That wasn't
1: the one you threw,
0: that threw heroin into the car, right? No, no, no. He would, like, walk up, and actually, it was, uh, it's really sad. It was, like, a, so, this was, like, the best, they had, like, the best heroin, and you would, in the mornings, the dealer would, like, send out basically mass text to all his clients from, like, whatever phone number he was using and be, like, I'm good. Uh, because some days, like, they'd be out. Not okay. always, but, like, some days. So this is, like, how it worked for us, at least. Um, I mean, you can, like, drive into certain areas of Philly and, like, roll down your window and, like, ask people to get you heroin, and they will. But uh, this is a better way to buy heroin. if you have Wait, it. could you see other people's phone numbers? no 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 so they would send oh. it out in a way that like oh good <laughs> like it was like am like they would send out like I think they just like go like copy and paste something and, like go through their whole you know what I mean like oh. whole phone book. all right cool 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 um a little privacy here thanks <laughs> yeah and I mean they probably didn't have like they probably had like 70 people they were doing that for which is you know mm-hmm. like it wouldn't take that long to do um, so they would send out a text, like, I'm good, I've got this, this, and that, like, I've got this bat, like, heron bags have stamps on them, uh, mm-hmm. which, like, identify what it is, except, like, that also doesn't mean anything, but, like, they'd be like, I've got black stamp bags, but they would have, like, like, I have dog bags, because it would have, like, a dog stamped on it. something but it's like also meaningless because like who what how would I know what's like actually in that bag you could have the you know what I mean you could have like three different cut batches like in matching bags but anyway so they'd send you these texts and then you would text back when you were like going into the city and then you would call them and be like okay I'm gonna be there this time I'm in this car and then Usually it would be like one of three or four guys and two of them were like a father son duo. I don't even know how we found this out. But they were like a father son duo and they one were thing so was nice. Trayvon, the other one thing was Little Trayvon. That's no, we didn't, how you found out. No, we they definitely didn't name? know their name. No, we didn't know their names. It was like oh, not yeah. it wasn't like a situation like that you knew their name. Like we would talk to them because sometimes they would get sometimes they would get into the car um like pop into the back seat for a minute but like not right. that often. Um, but it just, like, wasn't a, like, hey, I'm so-and-so type of situation. (laughs) And I'll be serving you today. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but, like, we found out they were father-son and they were really nice and we really liked them because they were fast. And, like, this was the best way to buy heroin because you would go and they would, like, they ran this, like, a business, like, they worked shifts and they would, like, you know, like, whoever was working would have the cell phone and, like, they were on call. And so when you came up, they didn't want you loitering around their neighborhood anymore than you wanted to be there because it, like, attracts cops. If you're sitting on a certain block, like, the cops know. So they wanted you Mm -hmm. in and out really quickly. And then there were also really bad heroin dealers that, like, weren't in the city and they were just, like, they weren't part of... I mean, I'm guessing... Obviously these guys were in a gang. you know what it was like a gang selling heroin. so it was like okay. very right it was run like a business this gang ran mm-hmm. it like a business there was a lot of money to be made and then there was like and it was like the best dope you could get and then there was shittier dope that cost less money that we would get if we didn't have as much money and also we didn't have to drive like into the city to get it. It'd be like in the uh like surrounding suburbs uh, that was a little closer so we would meet up with them but they were the worst because these weren't like drug dealing gangs it was just like random dealers who like n- you know like they sold drugs but they like weren't necessarily part of like a major heroin operation and you would like but call business-like? them not business like you would sit in okay. the fucking parking lot for like an hour waiting for them and we saw oh. this one dealer that would text us and be like, I'm a true five minutes away. <laughs> That's what he used to say. As they would just text you, I'm five minutes away, I'm five minutes away, I'm five minutes away. And as this is, like, usually, like, when you're going to pick up, like, you're sick. Like, you're dope sick. Like, you're in withdrawal. And you're just, like, dying in your car, like, waiting for them to come get you. Or, like, come and wow. meet you. And you're just like, I just <laughs> want to give these people my money and get my drugs. <laughs> like, oh, like, wait, how far is the
1: city from where you lived? How Like, how far would you
0: drive if you were going to the oh, city? Oh, I used to be in the car for, like, two and a half hours a day sometimes. What? Like, what? Uh, it takes me, like, an hour to get into the city. We're like, so we, inefficient. Uh, like, extremely inefficient. Sometimes I would have, like, on payday, I would have my friend. I'd be at work, and I would leave money in my car, and my friend would pick up the money and, like, drive into the city and then, like, leave me dope like, in my car, that was more efficient. But usually we would just, like, my I'd meet my friend right after – it was always one friend uh, – after I got off work. And then we would just, like, drive into the city and drive back. Or I'd, like, be at my house and I was living with my dad. And I'd be, like, I'm going out to CVS. And I would come back, like, three hours later. <laughs> like, it was and crazy. So, so, I mean, this tracks what what I think,
1: like, buying drugs is, can be like. It can be very business but it's also – I think of
0: it more like waiting around for people.
1: And yeah. Un- Most like- of the
0: time it's like waiting around for people. They're unreliable. Like, they'll be like, yeah, I'm good. Like, the worst is, like, you text somebody. You're like, are you good? And they're like, yeah, I'm good. And then they just don't fucking answer you. And you're like... because right, so they, think it, they has has dr- to you think somebody has Yeah, or they just, like, turned off their phone. Or, like, they went and met up with friends. Or, like, you have no fucking arrested. idea. Because the reality... They got arrested. The reality is it's, like, the worst part about being a drug addict – not the worst, a bad part about being a drug addict is that, like, you are not basically, like, ever in control of your own time when it comes to, like, getting drugs. Okay. You are on somebody else's time. And And what are you going to do? You have to get your drugs. You don't have a choice. So getting drugs is – what's harder because I remember when we talked about Ryan. Remember, mm-hmm. I
1: put a post up. I said, guys, I know a lot about recovery. I don't know anything about buying drugs. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that he was spending this much on how much oh, you right, right, right. guys? What, what could I get for this type of money? And people were like, giving me quite a bit of great answer. They were like, if you win yeah. here at this time, you can get this. And you came in and you were like, people get, do not focus on the amount of money. Because if you need your drugs, you will get the money somehow you overdraw your account you'll do whatever you and you gave us some great examples of things you used to do like cleaning like a an aunt's house or something like you were just yeah
0: i used to like so my money schemes you have to remember like i wasn't doing heroin for that long so i didn't like reach a point where i was prostituting or like breaking into houses um but i'd been doing this for like longer than when i just doing heroin like and I needed money for pot or pills or coke or whatever Mm -hmm. um and I just because I was like a mess even before I was doing heroin and like I just like never had money I just like couldn't manage anything but what like so what I would do is remember I've like parents that can afford to do this like I would clean one of my parents houses you know like Mm -hmm. one of my parents would pay me like 50 dollars to clean their house or I would um go and like do errands with my grandmother who's blind and she would pay me and then I would this is so awful I would steal money out of her purse or she would give me her like ATM card and I would take out like an extra $60 Uh, um okay I would sell stuff but like not anything I'd stolen like just like on I would eBay stuff like all my old Tiffany's jewelry or you know like stuff like that um but not, like, stuff I had stolen. Uh, how else would I get money? Like, I would get my parent. A lot of this, for me, relies on, and I would imagine for Ryan, too, is, like, I had parents that I could afford this. And I had, like, cash sources in my parents and my grandmother that makes it different than somebody, like, I probably would have resorted to probably prostitution more likely than stealing. But that a lot quicker, like, if I had to. Because it was, um... It's easier to, like, get money prostituting for drugs
1: than it is for stealing, because you get caught... What, yeah. what, what Why would... Because, like, they
0: it Because it's just, like... To prostitute, like, you just put your... An ad up on Backpage. I mean, it's changed a little bit, because, like, Backpage is down. But, like, you could just, like, put an ad up on Backpage. And, okay. like, start making money. Um... Or you, like, meet a dealer who knows how to pimp you out, essentially. Uh, I think it's how Valerie probably got in there. Or a lot of... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Like, you... I mean, really, a lot of women start prostituting themselves with the dealer first. That's, like, right. their first... Okay. The first person. And I don't think a lot of people would look at it as prostituting themselves. But that's what they're doing is that they are going to blow the dealer instead of, like, paying, you know, for the bag. Like, right. they okay. work out an arrangement with the dealer... I actually was in rehab with a girl and she told the story about how her dealer kept trying to convince her that she should deal. And then somebody like one of the guys said, you know, he was doing that because he knew that you were going to like use all of the heroin and wanted you to be in like in debt to him so that like you would have to have sex with him. Oh, that and I would never even thought of I'm like, I don't want I never. Yeah, I was like listening to her tell the story. And then the guy said that and I was like. Oh, that makes sense. So I think stealing is, like, for somebody that has no, it's funny to say I have no criminal background because I've done, like, a lot of illegal things in my life, but, like, I don't really have, like, a criminal background. You know, I've never been arrested. I never broke into anybody's house. Like, I stole from my grandmother, yes, which I've made amends for, by the way. And, um, but I've never, like, I don't know where I would start, like, robbing people. Right.
1: Exactly. So you have to like get a set up together and you have to have, you have to have a certain set of skills. I'm not saying sex work is not skills. I'm not saying that. But you understand what I mean? It's, it's yeah. like, you have to, you have to know how to rob people and things like that. And then not get caught. And that's how we call them crackhead plants. It's not a very nice word. But that's how you, you hear about these, um, these, the world's dumbest criminals. And it's like the yeah. dumbest idea. And you're like, yeah, that's because they were like, we got to do something now. And yeah. no one had any... They were just like, let's just try this. Let's just do this. And what prostitution is, has its own set of skills, but they're easier... I don't want to say they're easier. Like, but you, you, you get what I'm trying yeah. to say. I think it's just...
0: also the more, like, like the realistic route for me would have been that, like, my boyfriend at the time got out of jail and then we started robbing houses together. Like, I think that... Did he that rob houses? Would yeah he that's what he's in prison for right now um okay but i think that he's robbed a lot of houses in his day um like never with me obviously
1: i think think like a wealthy family is it did he start like around his friends and family and stuff like that
0: um yeah yeah absolutely and then he like got a bad friend who like showed him how to do it um uh, when he was pretty young So, he had been, like, yeah, yeah, and he started robbing, exactly, friends and family and people close to him, and then he started robbing random houses. Um, so, I think, like, the realistic path for me would have been being with my ex-boyfriend, and, because he actually got out of jail, like, right after, like, right when I went to rehab. Ah! Very, very close in time. Uh, And then, like, a million other things. He was in and out, in and out, whatever. But the reality is, is I think, like, eventually I would have just, like, started riding along. And in reality, I, like, did benefit, I guess, from, like, some of his burglar. I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Because you were with him. Yeah. But, like, my brain is, like, I'm trying to remember if, like, I, I mean, I always worked. Like, he was never giving me any, you know what I mean? Like, I was never getting anything from him. Um And when I was doing heroin, he had already, like, went back to jail. So, like, we never really used that much together. Like, heroin, we never used that much together because, like, he went to jail quickly after I'd started. So, Mm -hmm. like, within a month. So, but I think, like, my realistic and I think a lot of women who commit drug-related crimes, it happens because they're with, like, a man that shows them how to do it. And, like, gets them into doing it because it's just... I mean, not that women don't commit crimes on their own, but, like, I don't think I would ever, like, be bold enough to, like, rob someone's house. But I think if I was dope sick and I had a boyfriend that, like, could promise me we wouldn't get caught and knew exactly what to do and had an amazing plan and this is the pawn shop we're going to go to and had it all set up, like, I can see myself driving the car. I don't know if I would have, like, went into somebody's home I maybe would have, like, knocked on the door to see if they were home when they weren't home, like, went back and, been, like, they're not home and waited in the car as he did And it. sat in the I, car
1: freaking out.
0: <laughs> yeah, or n- not even freaking out by, like, being, high, like, high as fuck. So, like, you're not even, like, fully... but Like, that all tracks because if you think about the,
1: the stats for women in prison and what the what the percentage of them are in prison who are in a relationship with someone and their crime is related to that relationship, yes. uh, drugs or selling drugs or keeping drugs or stealing or that sort of stuff. It's very high. Like yes. I, I once heard someone they were doing, they were doing a speech on prison reform, especially for women, talking about how behind every woman in with a long prison sentence is a story about a man. And that really struck me. And I was like, that's, that's not true. But the more she talked, more I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, I can see how that could be true." Actually, so when I was reading about Valerie, right, about when she died and mm-hmm. everything, her biological mother said that she believed she um, got she died OD'd on pink. What is that? I don't know. She's- she
0: kept saying it was a sort of opioid and it's ten times stronger or something than something else. And I fentanyl. was like. No, but I mean, yeah. I mean, it, I'm sure it was fentanyl, but I don't know why she was calling it pink. I don't know what that is.
1: Yeah. And then also I read that she
0: was dating Matt's brother? Oh, yeah. Brother? Uncle. 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 Wait, no. I thought he was the uncle to maya. Nope. No. Nope. He was Matt's uncle. What? Matt's uncle. He was old. No. We have a drug relationship, right? Yeah. So let's just talk about Valerie being arrested. Like, Valerie being arrested. Post-16 and pregnant Valerie. Hey, guys. To hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Thank you all so much. Have a great week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive Producers, Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah Giovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more discussions.